blows heavily as cold rain mists the face of a curious character. His eyes betray pain. His scars betray a story. And his determination inspires curiosity as we see this lone character knee-deep in the waters of a raucous shoreline with his rod extended. Aye, the sea is certainly a cruel mistress and an unforgiving swirl of pain. But that won't stop me from my quest to capture the legendary fish, Oscar. Well, hey there, partner. I see that you're trying to be fishing in this spot here. Aye, that be true. What kind of what kind of bait are you using there? Why, it's simple, really. It's a bait made exclusively from concentrated, heavy-handed drama, character-driven story that appeals more to actors than audiences, and of course, the death of a significant character. It's a bait only I know how to make. It's well, what do you call this bait, partner? I call it Oscar bait. Out and here it's in public? Aye, <laughs> and I submit it now for your consideration. And scene? Thank you. Ah. That was Movies for Wins rendition of the old man and the sea and the one country guy who was curious about what he was doing there. It's a long title, but it's going to win us an Oscar. I just know it. At least best adapted screenplay. Mm -hmm. Because we totally remembered. Clearly we wrote that down. Uh, <laughs> guess what, everybody? I'm back. I hear a familiar voice on my podcast. Is it mine? It's yours! That's right. I went and got married. Greggy Sue. Greggy Sue. Greggy Sue got married not long ago. Uh-oh. Yeah, uh, two weeks ago, actually. Yeah. Look at me. Not long ago. Please don't tell. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. No, no. No, please, please do tell, Greg. Tell us about your wedding. Tell us about your honeymoon, man. Uh, hell yeah, man. Uh, wedding was great. We just did something really simple, real small. Courthouse with the fam, all that good business. And then that was uh, on a Thursday, and that Saturday we had a fun little reception. You know, a little bit more of the family came by, some friends came by. You were there, Denny. I was there. I had a wonderful time. Yeah, we had some barbecue, we had some laughs, we had some beers, we had fun. It was awesome. I got to meet you and Leah's families, and it was great. I loved it. Yeah, it was great having her parents in town. Yeah. I got then, to see uh, Blair Stevens, who I usually only see at official Greg functions, but uh, we, we both talked about how you know, maybe maybe we'd like to take it to the next level. Maybe don't just hang hmm. out uh, when Greg has a party. <laughs> see each other outside of me. I like it. No, no, we still want you to be there. We just oh, don't okay. want it to be one of your two or three major events of the year. That's right. Yeah, that's good. That's a good idea. We're tired of, we're tired of waiting for him. Blair, Blair's, Blair's good people. I like him a lot. Yeah, then um, the, last week while you guys were fucking around with your little <laughs> podcasting, I was uh, on the honeymoon. We went to Phoenix. It was a ton of fun. 
Man, underrated destination, Arizona in the springtime. That rocked, man. We had a ton of fun. Ooh. It was I've gorgeous. never been to Arizona in the spring. Yeah, I highly recommend it. I love Arizona. I've only been there in the winter, but I loved it. Also probably a good time, so. Yeah, it was great. Summer months maybe maybe not, but yeah, we we're we're back now though. And ever like the second I got back, I of, of course like the two weeks off, I was like fully focused and happy with what I was doing and then like this Monday came around and now I'm back at work and everything. Like all I can think about was just, man, I just want to do the damn podcast this week. Like, hell yeah, brother. Uh, and now you're doing it. And now I'm doing it. Um, yeah, I, I mentioned Denny was at the, um, at the reception that we were doing and I got to make a recommendation. If uh, you ever have the opportunity to be friends with Denny, I recommend everybody do that. Um, <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> what what did I do to warrant such a recommendation recently? Yeah. Dude, uh, Denny, Denny does this thing where he did it for our engagement and for the reception as well. Like, you're wor- running around worried about all the details. Like, I'm worried about the food and, like, Leah's worried about her dress and everything. And then Denny just comes through the door and is like, dude, you're freaking married. And Denny does like it's a cool thing that I love that you do, where it's just wow. like I didn't even the, know it was a thing. <laughs> I was just showing thing. up and being genuine. All right, all you're right. One, you're one of the yeah. That's a good thing you do. So Aww, thanks, yeah, you, buddy. You, you came in and you were like, dude, you're freaking married. And I'm like, oh yeah, like the whole reason this is going on is the big picture, and I got like all excited again. Awesome. Denny, uh, would you like me to return the favor? Sure, Denny. You don't have to edit the podcast this week. Oh my god, it was so stressful. I was so bad at it. I did everything wrong despite detailed instructions from Greg. Ah, cheers. Cheers to that. Cheers to you. Greg, I'm just not... Oh, man. I can't wait for that to be for new time's sake. Mm. Little Tango Charlie. We Mm -hmm. haven't had Tango Charlies in a while. I'm sipping on an old-fashioned myself. Uh, The weather's starting to turn. It's time for the Tango Charlies to come back. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. What I learned is that, you know, some people are talent types and some people are legwork types. And I'm just, I'm not cut out for the task of the legwork. <laughs> Especially when I'm doing a lot of uh, ancillary, ancillary, I found out I said that word wrong. wrong. Wow, you were putting the silly in an ancillary. <laughs> I, I swear, my, <laughs> my eyes have always read it with another I after the L's. <laughs> Um, and then one time I said it at work and everyone was like, what the fuck is ancillary? And I was like, um, it's the word I'm doing ancillary leg work in other areas of my life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was a little too stressed to, to, uh, to learn a new skill very well at the time of, at the time of my leg work, uh, when it came beckoning. Hey, that's fine. <laughs> it, it turned out, it turned out better than you, than you think. Um, I want to. I was a... pretty happy with it. Yeah, it be. <laughs> I uh, thought the I thought the shitty audio was part of the charm. Personally, it added to the theme of that week. But yeah, I wanted to give special thanks to Don, Phil, and Dylan, and even Vanessa <laughs> for that first episode for really holding down the fort, uh, stepping in to replace me. It was yeah, it was great hearing new voices. It's kind of cool, like seeing you know. Like, people that listen to the show regularly, like, getting behind the scenes and, like, understanding what it's really like. That's That had to be kind of cool for them, right? 
Oh, I, I they, don't know. It sounded like I, they had a great time. I think so. I was about to say yes, but I was like, well, I don't know. Ask them. Um, but right. they, I, they, I, they wanted out by the end. <laughs> Yeah, they were done, <laughs> but but uh, they they all still talk to me, so I don't think they regretted it. Um, I I told them all I would like to invite them back, and uh, I'm just I'm just waiting for a reason to uh, to do clusterfuck part two. You know, like I'm like mm-hmm. let's let's bring Greg into the clusterfuck. Let's I'm I'm ready to make it an official recurring gimmick of the show. Just I'm every so that. often we do a clusterfuck. I'm so down yeah. with it. I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, and to quote one of the guys on that episode, too, dudes rock, and those dudes rock. Those and dudes rock. According to Ed from Gerdberger, we're all dudes. So that, we're all that dudes. pulls Vanessa in there, too. Oh, she dude. Rocks. Vanessa's a dude. I'm a dude. She's a dude. He's a dude. She's a dude. We're all dudes. We're all dudes. That's right. It was, <sighs> it was really nice. Like, There Will Be Blood is a movie I really love. So it was kind of interesting listening to you guys talk about it. It was just kind of, I liked it more after listening to you guys discuss it, which, you know, I hope is what this podcast does for people when we talk about the movies that they like. So that was kind of cool to experience the other end yeah. of it. Yeah. I, I usually hear that it just pisses them off because they can't argue with us. <laughs> well, that's, that's re- reserved for the people we refer to as enemies of the show. Mm-hmm. Grr. Davis. Looking at you, Davis Kauk. Angry. <laughs> Shake fist. All right. Um, well, we're back, so we got to start somewhere. This is going to be our... Oh, yeah. Welcome back to Movies for When, everybody. I don't know if I said that. This is a podcast about movies. For when? We're going to tell you into, when. Let's get into that. <laughs> let's go. Great camera. All right. Yeah. Did oh, my you, God. You've teased this. You kind of set this up. So what Woo! are we doing? What's happening? Guys... This is big. Okay. <sighs> On April 21st, tentatively. Do we say 21st? Is that when it is? Yes. We will be recording our very first ever live episode of Movies for When in front of a live audience. Live? live and we will be recording it at the alamo motherfucking draft house denton on opening mother fucking night of the new nicholas cage movie the unbearable weight of massive talent Holy fucking shit! I can't believe we're actually doing this! I can't fucking believe it, Greg! I can't believe it's happening! (laughs) The dream has become reality, dude. Oh my god! It's unbelievable. I think I got too swept up in uh, marriage talk to... (laughs) Like, like, oh man. Now I can get swept up by this. This is exciting, man. Oh my god. This is something we, like, joked about when we started the podcast. Oh like it was just like man wouldn't it be cool if this unbelievable thing happened yeah it would be cool anyways on to friday the 13th or whatever and man <laughs> here we oh are, my man. god i've got like oh i just feel power in my body right now um we we've been uh we've been communicating with the creative team at alamo draft house for about a month now and greg and i 
Uh, we swore ourselves to secrecy that we would only tell our partners that this was going on. Um, and they have been so cool to us. Uh, they even suggested a format of the show that I didn't think of that we're going to stick with. So yeah, it was a good, it was a good call. Yeah. But before the show, um, the, the, and this is all tentative because they don't have the official start time confirmed, but this is the plan. Um, before the show at five 30 in the vetted well bar at the Alamo draft house, Denton, we're going to record the first half of our podcast. Uh, there will be shenanigans there will be excitement and there will be hype. And then we will seamless edit at 6.30. We will all be able to go into the theater um, for uh, the 7 p.m. premiere of The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Watch mm. it. And then we will seamless edit ourselves right back to the bar to have a few more drinks together and record uh, record our thoughts on the movie and... Uh, we are we are currently you know cooking up a couple of gimmicks. We're c cooking up some some special treats for the live show. Um, one of which is so I reached out to uh, uh, musicians of the show, um, Don Denham and John Wasson. I asked them both uh, if maybe they'd like to play a little ditty for us. Maybe write a Nicolas Cage themed song. Uh, they're both, uh, not sure that they can make the show itself, but they were like, yeah, I'll write you a song and record it. I can definitely do that for sure. Um, and then I I'm thinking, I'm thinking I'm asking for like, Hey, could you record like some stupid audio of you like strumming a guitar and, and singing something silly about Nicolas Cage? Right. And then in a one week turnaround time, the motherfucking legend, John Owen Wasson, gives us this song that we just got today um uh called what's my cage again and we are gonna uh we, <laughs> it is officially uh it's gonna be our outro song every week mm -hmm. i listened to it on loop for 30 minutes today never got tired of it uh took about a, a an hour break and then played it twice for vanessa and she was all about it um it'll be at the outro but we were thinking maybe yeah. Play it right now. Now. I'm a policeman. See my badge?
song dude i was just like i i went through a cycle of it where like first i listened to it because i just was like i needed more plays to process how awesome it was then i listened to it because i was like powerfully moved that john would make something so amazing for us again and then I just started listening to it because I liked it so much, like for yeah. just for just for enjoyment. You know, I, I told John, I was like, dude, it's like it's like Rocket Boys meets Thousand Foot Crutch meets Blink 182 meets you meets John Owen Wasson. Like, it's I, so good. I thought it had a little bit of Reliant Cage in there. Oh, my God. It is Reliant Cage, isn't it? It's like it's like uh, back when Reliant K was really witty but with the production values of Reliant K now. <laughs> I don't know if they're still around, but yeah, dude, it rules. Thanks so much again to John. Uh, <sighs> he wrote, he wrote, he has written like, I'll, I'll say whatever about our podcast, but I do think we genuinely have probably the best intro song oh, out yeah. there. And he's just knocked it out of the park once again. Now we so. have the best outro song out there. Now we have the best outro song in the podcast. World. So, John, it's... whenever you're ready to make a middle of the podcast song. <laughs> yeah, this, the seamless edit bonanza just <laughs> hit us up. Slowly, slowly, John will just write three full hours of songs of us saying stupid catchphrases. <laughs> We're not going to talk anymore. Even record the... anymore. It's just going to be an album that we release every Friday. <laughs> Just in a different order. <laughs> Movies for when you wanted to hear more of John Wasson's work. Hey. That's always. That's always. That's always. Um, that uh, so, always. So all that goes to say, mark your calendars, okay? Uh, tentatively scheduled, like confirmed and definitely happening, but tentatively scheduled for April 21st at uh, 5.30 p.m. at the Alamo Drafthouse Denton. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to work on, uh, I don't know. I don't want to over, I, I'd rather under promise and over deliver, but, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, we'll, we're going to work on some shenanigans for it. We've already no got some ideas yet. in the mix. We got ideas we'll in the mix. We'll There's got to be some surprises, right? True. True. All right. <sighs> Greg, what have All you, right. uh, what have you been watching lately? Uh, lots of stuff. Um, so during, during the whole wedding business, my in-laws my new in-laws were staying with us uh they were yeah they, they were just crashing with us for the full two weeks and then while we went on the honeymoon they were uh of course house sitting and dog sitting and for the time that we were together my father-in-law 
loves watching movies, so we watched all kinds of stuff, and I'll get into some of that now. Yeah. Um, the first thing I watched was actually on the plane. Uh, I finished season four of the Formula One documentary series, Drive to Survive, mm. on Netflix. Incredible fucking show. Mm. If you care at all about like competitive sports or think like fast cars are kind of cool, then this is hands down barred on like a show that I think many people will like. I watch Formula One races now because I watch this show. You know, it wasn't the other way around where I wanted to watch the show because I watched the races. I got into the sport because the show was so damn good. Cool. Like, it's a really cool show. And it's it's one of the only reasons I'm keeping my Netflix subscription after they upped the price. Because now I know they're using that price increase to pay for fucking Jeff Foxworthy specials. Where he gets to bitch about participation trophies like it's 2002. God, is Jeff Foxworthy still making shit? Did you see that? No. The the Netflix like comedy account posted on Twitter. And it was like they'll, they'll do it with like all their stand up specials. They'll do like a one of their jokes from like one of their featured specials and for like whatever comedian. And it's like here's the new Jeff Foxworthy one. Here's four panels of like the the one of the jokes from the special yeah and it is it reads as follows i played every sport and it was weird back then if you wanted a trophy you had to finish in first place jesus christ yuck 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 boy uh. is in 2002 a great time oh so that's that's where your money is going with the price increase on your netflix subscription it's going to stuff like that or Drive to Survive, however you want to look at it. Uh, well, you'll have to talk to my mom because uh, all, all my participation trophies uh, actually led me to a lifelong dependency on my mom's Netflix subscription. <laughs> it really, really made me, you know, I just, I just didn't understand what it was like to scratch, claw, and improve until you figured out how to subscribe to Netflix yourself. Yeah, <laughs> You gotta pull yourself up by your bootstraps and pay your 20 bucks a month. Fuck off, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> what else did I watch? I watched Pacific Rim. I've never seen was, that. It was good. It was I really want good. to. Everyone's told I, me it's good. The credits rolled. I was like, oh, Guillermo del Toro. I guess I forgot he made this. <laughs> I didn't know he made it until right now, and that makes sense yeah. why it would involve, you know, kaiju monsters and actually be good because that's what he does. He loves them. <laughs> he makes he makes monsters uh, awesome. And sometimes he makes them fuckable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're not happy but the academy is. <laughs> Garage door opener. <laughs> Swamp thing penis. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Best picture um, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I watched uh, the sequel to Sicario, Day of the Soldado. It was better than I thought it would be. But it's like standing in the shadow of the absolute giant that is Sicario. That's another big one on my watch list. I've never seen Sicario. Yeah, that's a great one. I feel like Um, we watch inverted movies. Like... I, I'm I'm holding down the Ford on all these like eighties and nineties classics and you're watching everything current and relevant. <laughs> I'm I'm trying, man. I really try. Yeah, I'm like eight years late on Pacific Rim, but whatever. Um <laughs> It's current Home- compared to what I watch. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh we watched a movie called Home Team where 
if I told you that there is a Netflix movie from Happy Madison starring Kevin James that's about like a high school football team and it's better than The Blind Side... You probably wouldn't be surprised, but yeah, I was gonna know, say I was what, like, that's, it's what we. <laughs> that sounds a hundred percent better than the Blind Side, because I guarantee it's what we got Grandma will fart at some point in that movie, and <laughs> that'll give me more enjoyment than anything in the Blind Side could. Yeah, no white saviors in this one, thankfully. Uh, I I watched uh, Turning Red. I don't know the, any of this stuff. You're like Turning Red, the new Pixar movie. Oh, the, oh, yeah, 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 where the, yeah, where the red pandas. Uh, Staring the into girl... my soul on my Roku home screen. Yeah, I know that yeah, one. That's right. Oh, wide-eyed. Yeah, the dude. movie's super cute. There's a ton of discourse around it, which is really weird. I guess uh, people didn't realize that all 13-year-olds are little freaks. Uh, <laughs> well, they should watch Big Mouth like I do. <laughs> no, they'll have something to say about that. Um, watch this movie. It's a uh, HBO Max original movie. Uh, Kimmy. Nothing. It's like the nothing's the tracking. Perfect... <laughs> It's the perfect 20 out of 40 for me. It's like the stuff I like, I really like, and the stuff I dislike, I really dislike. Mm. It's like exactly dead center. It's basically like, what if, I have one here, so I won't say it, but what if you're Shmashmekshma? I thought it was going to be like, what if your Shmashmekshma machine was bad or evil? And it wasn't that. It was just, it was kind of a cool tech-focused kind of action thriller kind of movie. It was, huh. it was... It had cool moments. So it's like an ice cream scoop in a waffle cone made of poop. The stuff you liked, you really liked, and the stuff you hated, mm-hmm. you really hated. Yeah, and I didn't have control of the spoon, unfortunately. <laughs> you just had to bite them both at the same time. I just had to bite, I had to bite it all. <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> uh, another Netflix one, The Atom Project. Ooh, uh, uh, Alyssa Naomi told us that we should watch that and talk about it this week. So, this is yeah, this we, is we can't we can't talk about it this week because it came out like a couple weeks ago. So yeah. it's not like Oscar eligible for this year, of course. But it it was pretty good. It reminded me of the kid if it was significantly better <laughs> and had like a sci-fi thing. Okay. Um, I mean, I technically, I the a... kid is sci-fi, right? Uh, I, I don't know, fantasy, magic. No, it's, it's fantasy. It's boring. That's what it is. That's the genre. Wambulance. Uh, piss off. Uh, yeah, I. but I think at that point we had watched, like, that was the fourth Ryan Reynolds movie in, like, two days. So How did I know Ryan Reynolds was in that movie when I knew it was called The Atom Project? And I was just like, I guarantee Ryan Reynolds is in it in my brain. Someone said that Ryan Reynolds is on his own Truman Show where Netflix is just pointing a camera at him and releasing the movies. <laughs> That tracks. That tracks. That tracks. Uh, I only got like a couple more here. Uh, I watched my in-laws watch "Sorry to Bother You" for the first time. That Ooh, what they think? That my I was surprised. They really liked it. I fucking <laughs> love really that good. movie, man. That movie's fantastic. Like when when things kind of take a turn, I was expecting maybe a little like, oh, what? Yeah. Uh, they were like, ho ha. <laughs> they really liked it. Uh, I rewatched your, Prometheus. Your impression of your in-laws sounds like Mario. <laughs> oh no 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 no. <laughs> Wait, that's Billberry Doughboy. Yahoo! There, there we go. go. Uh, I rewatched Prometheus for the first time since I saw it in theaters. Nice. No, you didn't. You watched that at my house. I watched that at your house? Prometheus? We watched Alien and Prometheus. It was in like 2017. 
Uh, that doesn't sound right. Maybe we just watched Alien. What, Vanessa? Vanessa says I'm right. So I watched Prometheus for the first time since 2017. <laughs> I guess. I don't remember this. Good movie. Uh, there was, there was like a whole bunch of other like middling kind of action movies that I don't really want to get into. And then I watched a whole bunch of Oscar movies that we'll yeah. talk about in a little while. Um, this is this has gone on for too long, Denny. What did you watch? Um, let's see. I started. Uh, what what's that Kristen Bell show? It's like the lady across the street. Oh, the girl in the in the window across the house from the girl in the car who drives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, very to the doctor. An intentionally slippery title. Um, I watched the first episode and I dug it. I'm ready to come back for more. Um, Vanessa and I are notoriously slow at watching TV shows. Um, That's right. Especially if we really like them, you know, we uh, we want to make it last. Uh, we started uh, Human Resources, the Big Mouth spinoff. Uh, yeah, we've been watching that too. I, I really enjoy it. It's pretty good. We're about uh, halfway through. Um, I've been going through a robot chicken phase. Uh, that show is great. Uh, you know, I never like... It was just on whenever it was on, uh, on, on Adult Swim back in the day. And I've been watching it on HBO Max and loving it. Like, there's just, it's like, you know, all, for me, it's like functionally all fresh, brand new content because I'd only seen like a couple random episodes whenever, uh, of this like 11 season show. Um, I've really been loving yeah. that. Um, so I saw, I, I did see some actual, uh, current stuff for once in my life. Um, I watched, uh, hold on, I'm pulling up my letterboxed. Oh, shit, I forgot. I went to see uh, The Evil Dead at Alamo Drafthouse, which was fun as shit. Um, the, 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 yeah. the original, yeah. It was just nice. really fun to see on the big screen. Uh, they're playing Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness on nights that unfortunately conflict with AEW Dynamite. Uh. Um, uh, but it, it, it's pretty rare. Like Alamo does a lot of cool screenings, but it's hard for me to justify... Uh, uh, most of the time i like own the dvd you know so it's like uh go spend like 13 dollars on a ticket and by the time i've had like food and a couple beers like 60 dollars to watch yeah. to watch a movie i have at my house uh but mm -hmm. the thought of seeing evil dead in a theater was very appealing to me uh it was totally that's, worth that's it. the other side of that coin yeah for sure <laughs> yeah it was really it was really a good night um i went to see the new uh <laughs> the new uh movie from ty west uh just the letter x um yeah yeah let me tell you guys it is fucking fantastic um i i thought it, i thought i wouldn't be into that one you thought oh did you see it did you like it i saw the trailer and i was like this might i don't know if i'm gonna be into this one but i don't know if, that you if would. you're praising it this hard i don't i don't think it's like uh i mean like it's a 70s exploitation movie like um I don't think you would be that into it if you didn't constantly talk about horror movies with me. Um, but uh, <laughs> we should do that more. We really should. Um, but no, like it's it, it's this cool thing where it's a love letter to exploitation movies, and mm -hmm. it's not exploitative. Um, you know, like it, it it definitely captures the spirit of the genre. It provides a, a modern take on how fucked up a lot of that stuff was. Um, mm -hmm. without being like obnoxiously meta, like it's just self-aware. It's not super duper meta. Like, you know, it's not like looking at the camera except one or two moments, but like, 
Um, for the most part, it's just very aware of tropes and uses them intentionally and kind of nods a little bit when it does them. Um, it, it provides a perspective of like, of the performers, usually female performers who are being exploited and gives them character and voice. Um, and it's just, God, man, the screenplay is airtight. Um, okay. like just airtight screenplay, zero wasted motion everything that happens is 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 meaningful and is usually some sort of payoff you know like set something Mm -hmm. up to pay off later um i just i just can't say enough good things about about x um and then the next day i went and saw the batman uh finally i was super late to the party on it man i haven't seen it yet it's really good it's really good um it's i was in a mood that day for i wanted something that was kind of substantial but also kind of mindless you know like i wanted to hit the sweet spot and i was like oh a batman movie that looks like like it it looks like it from what i'm hearing it sounds like it hits that exact sweet sweet spot yeah no that's like what i'm in the mood for it's this week it's really good um it goes back to like kind of the detective roots of, of batman uh the the action scenes and the gadgets and stuff like that are uh they're few and far between and because mm-hmm. of that, when they happen, it's really fucking cool. Um, you know, like, <coughs> excuse me. Um, when they're doing all of this, like, essentially, like, noir mystery plot trying to solve a crime. And then you get, like, a Christopher Nolan Batman action scene. Um, mm-hmm. You're just like, oh! <laughs> like, it just... I was in the theater being like, this is a lot of fucking fun. Um that's awesome, man. Yeah, I did think it it wanted to be a little bit deeper than it was. It's it's not without its problems. Uh, I also I I think I could have not seen it and not felt like I was living less of a life, you know. Like, but uh, mm-hmm. it, it was a very good, very good Batman movie. Uh, very <laughs> good superhero movie. Um, you know, it, it's better than like ninety percent of superhero movies that get made. Um. It's just at this point, like a Batman movie is literally its own genre, um, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, so um, it, it's a very good Batman movie, though. I I, I got it a little overhyped and heard it was better than The Dark Knight. Uh, I wouldn't go that far, um, but it was it was really good. It's a great movie. I highly recommend it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, maybe I'll maybe we'll check it out this weekend. I'm not sure. Make sure you have like you know four hours after you know credits but <laughs> other than that like it's 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 really good it's really long it's long as fuck all right message received all right uh do you need a seamless edit or anything I are think, you ready to get into oscar talk i think i can just get into oscar to- I, was, I was gonna do an oscar the grouch impression and then i realized <laughs> i actually have no idea what oscar the grouch sounds like from memory you, you were going a little grover on that it sounded like I'm not even going to try it. I was about to try to do Elmo and and do the bit of I think Oscar the Grouch sounds like Elmo. And then I was like, my throat kind of hurts. I don't think I've got an Elmo tonight. I don't think I can do it. <laughs> yeah, you're going to spend the rest of the episode just coughing. Yeah, I was like, uh, I, I've had a lot of phlegm and my my throat's kind of sore. I, I don't think Elmo's coming out. I don't think I can hit that range. That's right. Mm. All right, Denny. All right, then... Well, an edit so seamless, it didn't even happen. Whoa. Uh, whoa, we're here now. Uh, <coughs> I had to cough anyway. There's the coughing I was talking about. All right, Denny, are you going to be watching the Oscars on Sunday? Um, I haven't decided. Um, hey, Denny? Yes. Shut up. 
Okay. Shut your mouth. Okay. Because I've actually got a surprise for you. What? It's time, ladies and gentlemen, for Oscars trivia. Oh, that's right, baby. Oh shit. Ambush game show. Oh my Surprise. god. I did just pull up the Oscar nominations a minute ago to make sure I like had them handy, so mm. I, I might mm. Okay, you're gonna Oscar. No, you can keep it up. None okay. of the questions have anything to do with this year's Oscars. Oh my god. What's what's Oscar's trivia? I, I usually don't pay attention to You want to me this. to explain the rules to the game show, Danny? Boy do I. All right. <laughs> I've never seen you say you're more excited for this than the Alamo Draft House reveal. I wrote this like three plus weeks. Weeks ago, I've been waiting a long time to do this. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. I was a little disoriented, but I'm ready. I'm excited now. All right, Denny. I've got ten questions for you. They're all related to the Oscars and the movies and actors or whatever that won awards. Okay. Ten questions. If you get five or more right, I'm going to tell you that you're a good Denny boy. Thank you. But I, I want to get... be told I'm a good Denny boy. If you only get four or less right, I will tell you that you're a bad Denny boy. I do not want that one little bit. No, you do not. So, Denny, I'm asking, are you ready for Os Ambush Oscars trivia? I think by definition, no, I can't be. You're <laughs> you ambush right. me with it. <laughs> I, I, I get to ask you one Oscars trivia question after it's over, though. I've already got it ready. Ooh, okay, cool. A little bonus round for the host. Yeah. All right, I love it. All right, Denny, your first question. Mm -hmm. I'll try. I'll uh, start you off with a little bit of a softball here. Moonlight won the Academy Award in 2017 for Best Picture, but not until after brief confusion involving an incorrect card and a different movie seemingly being awarded. Shit. What movie was briefly thought to have won Best Picture in 2017? Oh my god, I remember it happening, and I don't remember the movie oh fuck okay 2017 moonlight this is this is the softball question <laughs> oh my god i i remember this event fun fact uh i i don't watch the oscars or pay attention to them because i think they're dumb uh actually oh fuck it i don't even want to go there uh tangerine no 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 not not tangerine not tangerine um think think much bigger um uh we saw it together la la land la la land yeah yes the answer uh, is la la land that's one i'm one point closer to being a good denny boy that's right don't count your eggs before they hatch oh, all right you had to you... help me with the layups <laughs> yeah listen it's all right <laughs> all right there's a few that uh you're not gonna get okay denny question number two Saving Private Ryan is widely considered a snub for the Best Picture in the 1999 Oscars. What movie won Best Picture that year over the Spielberg War Classic? 1999? I bring this one up because I mentioned this in the Q&A episode, but I said the wrong movie. Okay. Um... 1999 so that means the movie came out in 1998 am i correct correct yeah okay um it was something stupid i'll bet that uh driving miss daisy no i think that was like 93 man i don't know i haven't seen it <laughs> no you haven't uh so you give up yeah 
Shakespeare in Love is the correct answer. Ooh. Ooh. I was right. never going to guess that in a million years. Yeah, you're fine. All right, I'm, <laughs> I'm one and one. That's the score. That's the famous snub. In 1973, here we go. The winner of the Academy Award for Best Actor refused his award in protest of the industry's treatment of Native Americans. Who was the Best Actor winner that instead of accepting his award had a Native actress read a 15-page speech detailing his criticisms in his place? Um, I'm going to guess uh, White Savior Kevin Costner from Dances with Wolves. 1973. Oh, 73? I heard 93. 1973. Yeah. All right, I've got to go with Kevin Costner. Good guess, though. <laughs> um, good, good. 73? Good guess if, yeah, 70 if you thought 93, that was a great guess. It would be Kevin Costner 70 if it was 93. 70 fucking 3? Yeah. John Wayne. I don't fucking know. No, no, it's it's big. You you. It's a famous movie that you haven't seen. Um... Driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> um, hold up, hold up. Famous movie I haven't seen, 1973. Ordinary People. No, um, uh, stop, stop, stop. No, that didn't count. Ordinary People haven't seen it either, because they're not film buffs. As, that's if, that's if you what let me I finish, thought you were going to say. If you say. let me finish. Um, uh, uh, finish. When did Rocky II come out? Denny, no. <laughs> famous revered probably top five on imdb the godfather the godfather uh marlon brando yeah there you go no fucking way that piece of shit took a stand for native americans that's right that's cool all right that counts two two and one counts i'm I'm three questions away from being a good denny boy i highlighted the wrong color i gotta give you less clues i didn't realize there's so many (laughs) it's gonna be zero and ten with no clues i don't know much about the oscars this this one's going to be a little easier. It's multiple choice. There is a three-way tie for the most Oscars won by a single movie with 11 awards. Which of these films is not the recipient of the record 11 Academy Awards? Is it A, Titanic, B, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, C, The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, or D, Ben-Hur? Which one did not win 11 Oscars? Titanic. Denny, I'm sorry. It was One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Titanic <sighs> did win 11 Oscars. Titanic won more Oscars than One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Yep. But One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is one of, I think, three films to win like the big five categories. Which is picture, director, actor, actress, screenplay. Someone tell james cameron i like him less for this i don't hand these awards out man i just ask questions uh, titanic right. won more oscars than one flew over the cuckoo's nest it won more oscars than every movie except return of the king and ben-hur and this is coming from someone who used to like titanic hasn't watched it in about a decade and is like i probably don't actually like it anymore like I, i'm not even like go. a hate on titanic because it was popular person but it won more fucking Oscars than one flew over the cuckoo's nest. That's right. That's fucking silly. But, yeah, I know. I'm aware. Don't worry. Um, but Some... one flew over the cuckoo's nest, one more important one. 
Thrones, we'll say. Sometimes Lord of the I Rings... think you're just trying to piss me off, Greg. <laughs> yeah. Wait till this next question. All right, I'm two and two. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, two and two. All right, question five. Award-winning movie podcaster Greg Johnson... <laughs> off... <laughs> pause for a laugh often praises the use of sound in the movie no country for old men which won best picture in 2008 among many other accolades what movie that is the third in an action series won the oscars for both sound editing and sound design over the coen brothers masterpiece in 2008 yeah so it was a 2007 movie it's the third movie in an action uh series and it won the Oscars for sound editing and sound design instead of No Country for Old Men, which was a mistake. Okay, I'm I'm ballpark knowing that this is within a couple years of when Rush Hour Three came out. Uh, not comedy, I will say. Okay, not comedy. definitely just action. It was just a trilogy, and then it got at least one soft reboot movie in the last like seven or eight years. Okay. I can't remember if it had. First of all, movie. that could be anything. <laughs> Second of well, all, yeah. rules out Fast and the Furious, so thanks for that. Um, yep. <laughs> action movies in 2000. I know Live Live Free or Die Hard came out around then, but it's the fourth. Um, yeah, and that's James Bond's not really a trilogy. That's neither. That's a die, that's a yeah. Die Hard. That's not James Bond. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I was thinking of something else. <laughs> um, what? Okay, games? three action movies. In the two thousands, mm -hmm. are they all? Yeah. Okay. So... I think they. I think they came out like oh two, oh four, and oh seven. I think that's like the years they came out. It's roughly around then. Did they make a, a third sequel to Shanghai Noon? Again. <laughs> <laughs> Stop thinking of Jackie Chan for one second. I can't. I love him too much. Um, <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah. Um, dude. Oh my God. I, I'm. Com mine's completely blank here nothing nothing's coming to me um oh eight i did not like action movies at this time um if they went too long without someone talking i couldn't focus um i give up i don't know buddy it is the born ultimatum i haven't seen any of those ever what I'm, oh damn it that's how i that's how i always get people out in uh in like the five finger game i'm like i've never mm -hmm. seen a born movie and everybody has to put a finger down so i ah. i can't see them or i'll lose my five fingers thing well well it's an oscar winning movie so that movie won a goddamn oscar over motherfucking I, ass motherfucking fuck fucking no country for old men yeah you got there eventually. i'm, I'm glad two. i got it wrong Bo both sound sound oscars it won over that i'm glad but i got it wrong uh i rewatched it when i was writing this and i was like it's good but i still like no country better so what am i two two and three right now two and three yeah Ooh. all right question six i think you can get this one the best animated feature category was introduced in the 2002 Academy Awards, adding legitimacy to the art of animated film, while also seemingly acting as a consolation, segregating animated features from the best picture category. What movie won the first ever best animated feature award in 2002? Brother Bear. Just kidding. Um... <laughs> Brother Bear wishes. O2. Well, we know it's a Pixar. Um, you should. Oh my get God! This. Finding Nemo. No. Monsters Inc. No. 
The Incredibles. No, that was a six or whatever. What the fuck? Uh, Toy Story 2? No. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It's a Pixar movie. No. What? No. What? And Treasure Planet. No. Atlantis. It's computer animated. It's all CG. I really want you to get this. Shrek 2. No! Shrek the third. No! <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Hold up, hold up, hold up. 2002. DreamWorks. DreamWorks? Oh my god, dude. Uh, animated feature from 2002. Okay, okay. Focus. So it came out in 01, but it won the 02 award. Okay, that, that might have thrown me off. 01. <sighs> And it won the O2 award. I'm losing my mind right now. It's a CGI movie. Yes. No hand drawn. <sighs> Buddy. You're way overthinking. I know I'm gonna like kick myself in the balls. Like, you already should. Let me just tell you that. <sighs> Do I love it? Yes. What fucking CGI movie that isn't a Pixar movie that came out oh in, fucking God, in man. 2001 do I love so much that I don't you remember? You have got to be kidding me. I already guessed Shrek, right? You guessed Shrek 2 and 3. Is it Shrek? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> no, because that's the thing. In my brain, I thought you meant coming out in 2002. So? Well, I, I uh, happen to did... know for a fact Shrek came out in 2001 because my fifth grade and class went to see it. That was later. Yeah. All right. I would understand if you wanted to count that as a wrong answer. No, I'm giving... Because you said both other Shrek movies, I would feel terrible I, about I, that. I, I got confused about Timeline and ruled out Shrek. That, that's what happened. I, I got confused oh, about fun. Timeline. Okay, so I'm, right, I'm three and three with uh, with Good with a lot of with a lot of forgiveness. I'm three and three. Yeah. Okay. Oh boy, I'll be less forgiving. All right. Question number seven. In the 1992 Oscars, it's not driving Miss Daisy, because that would be incredibly offensive. You'll see why here in a sec. In the 1992 Oscars. <laughs> The award show host, Billy Crystal, came out to the stage to start the show in costume as a character from one of that year's big films. So if it was Driving Miss Daisy, he would have come out. Dressed as a woman. <laughs> Ooh, no, I was, was going to say with... I know what you were implying. Let's just call it extra makeup. What character was he dressed as whose actor portraying them won the award for best actor that year? 1992. Mm-hmm. I've got to go with Driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> he came out dressed as the car. <laughs> no, That's okay. Right. 1992 Best Picture. Um, uh, be best Actor. Best Actor. Uh, 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 again, the, there's like... But, it also, but hey, it also won Best Picture. <sighs> there's like nothing in my brain related to... We've covered it on the podcast. Oh. Well, Shrek was in our lost episode. 
that's right. So that's what that's what's been confusing me so much. <laughs> he just comes down with like an ogre <laughs> We've covered it on the podcast. This movie's ten years away. <laughs> um what is Billy doing? Jesus Christ. Okay, so it came out in ninety one. Mm-hmm. It won Best Picture. And Best Actor. And we know Nicolas Cage isn't in it. Correct. <sighs> and we've covered it on the show. Frozen? I wish. Dude. Uh, uh, 91. 91. Silence of the Lambs. Hannibal Lecter. You got Holy it. Holy shit, yes. no way. You got Holy it. Holy shit, That's no right. way. Holy shit. They, they wheeled out Billy Crystal, like, strapped to that, like, dolly with like a thing over his mouth oh i had to dig into the lore of episode one and by the way the one movie i didn't rewatch for the podcast because i ran out of time episode one (laughs) silence of the lambs oh Oh, man man. i forgot you didn't watch it before like our first episode you fucking didn't watch the movie i know we've come a long we've come a long it's the only time i did it i just ran out of time that's all (laughs) all right denny you're one question away from being a good Denny boy. Do you have it here? I don't know. You tell me. So I'm I'm well, I'm four and three right now. Four and three. That's okay. right. All right. Question eight. In 2013, we're gonna go a little more recent. This person's first and only Best Actress win so far was overshadowed by her unfortunately tripping up the stairs on her way to accept her award. Who was the Best Actress winner that fell on the way to the stage? Um, That was when uh, Kanye West tripped Taylor Swift and said Beyonce is one of the best actresses of all time. That's right. Beyonce won the... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, 2013. um, Jennifer Lawrence. That's right. No way. Yeah. No fucking way. No fucking way. That was a blind guess based on time period alone. Oh my god, that's awesome. I didn't even assume it was Silver Linings Playbook. I was just like, all right. Okay. Who was was big? Who was relevant around that time? Jennifer fucking Lawrence. That's right. Did I just become uh, a good Denny boy? Denny. Q fanfare. You are a good Denny boy. And the call has frozen. All right, there we go. We're back. You're a good Denny boy. Oh, it feels <laughs> it was almost so denied. good. I'm a good Denny boy. Oh, it feels good. I, I was worried that I wasn't for a minute. Um, Congratulations. You want to keep man. playing to make the score look good? Yeah, I worked on these questions. I wanna, I'm, so, I'm yes. enjoying this. I, <laughs> They're happening. Oh, I can't believe I pulled Jennifer Lawrence out of my ass. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't take that out of context. I'd keep her in there oh. forever. <laughs> I can isolate that soundbite. All right, question nine. <laughs> Spike Lee has won two Oscars in his long career as a filmmaker. His first win was as a Student Academy Award in 1983 as a film student for a film called Joe's Bed-Stuy Barbershop, We Cut Heads. And his second Oscar win came from a very recent movie where he won Best Adapted Screenplay. What was that movie? I gotta guess Black Klansman. That's right. It was Black Klansman. Oh yeah. Wait, Black Klansman won an Oscar and uh and Do the Right Thing didn't. Yeah. Well, maybe if Do the Right Thing had more yep. coptic in its mouth, white people would have liked it more. <laughs> oh my god. 
Black Klansman, a great movie. I fucking love Black Klansman. It's just um, it's so it's so good. It, it's it's a fantastic movie. It's always sullied for me by uh, it's pretty. There's there's some elements that are very untrue to the source material where uh, the cop character actually did a lot of Black Panther bust successfully. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't just like he went there one time and was like, I don't feel right about this. You know, like, um, You're right. it, it kind of seemed like, dude, uh, it, it's a personal thing of like, if you're going to base it on a true story, then actually base it on a true story or just don't, you know, like that's, that's, mm-hmm. but I loved that movie. Black hands, black Klansman left me like kind of just like shook and introspective and contemplative. It's a really good fucking movie. I don't mean to diminish it at all, but um yeah. it had some apologetics in it that i was like nah. yeah well speaking of breaking up black panther organizations you still gotta watch uh judas and the black messiah i really do i gotta watch that black way. Klansman again too it's a great movie good. that's a good double feature right there very heavy one though so maybe not actually <laughs> and you're gonna not sleep great I mean, all right yeah the tenth and final question, Denny. Movies featuring the Joker seem to attract a lot of Oscar attention lately. Which of these five films, this is multiple choice, which of these five films featuring the iconic Batman villain received zero Oscar nominations for any category? So one of these movies received zero nominations, okay. and they all feature the Joker. Is it A, the original Batman from 1966, B, the Dark Knight from 2008, C, Suicide Squad from 2016, D, Joker 2019, or is it E, Batman 1989? Okay, I know Heath Ledger won uh, Best Supporting Actor posthumously for The Dark Knight, so I'm ruling that Mm -hmm. out. I'm assuming that Suicide Squad is a misdirect because I'll bet it got like best makeup or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to rule that out. So now we're down to Adam West Batman, right? Mm. Yeah. Uh, Michael Keaton Batman and Joker. Yep. Um, yes. I, I'd be surprised if, if fucking Black Panther got nominated for best picture. I guarantee they nominated Joker for something. Um, I'm going to rule that out uh so we've got so it's it's between the two batman like the movies where the title is batman is what you're saying yeah um, 89 or 66 what do you think they were the they were a lot easier to impress yeah. in the 60s uh i'll bet they thought it was like casablanca tier uh <laughs> i'm gonna go michael keaton batman denny michael keaton batman won an oscar for production design oh, unfortunately and it, and it adam west adam west batman received zero nominations ah uh, but you were correct on all of your other thinking yeah that's fair. suicide squad was like i think it was costume design or some shit yeah i'm pretty sure and it was or joker or something the 2019 joker was up for best picture and um joaquin phoenix won best actor for that one too walking phoenix deserved best actor joker did not deserve best picture um right okay no that was fair i narrowed it down and also a very worthy win of best production design like holy shit is the production design for the oh, yeah. for 89's batman really good 
I just assumed like I, I've looked up like every best picture ever, and when you when you get pretty far back, it's just like no one's ever fucking heard of this, you know. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I, exactly. I, I assumed they. Uh, I assumed they gave like the '60s Batman a little something, you know, but because nothing else came out that year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, there was like ten movies a year at that time. It was a lot easier to win an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man! Well, I'm a good Denny boy. What did I finish? No, at? Denny. What? Uh, since you got six, I was going to add a very for every one that you got Aww, over thank the you. five. So you are. A very good Denny boy. Well, Greg, I hate to ambush you with more surprise wrestling Oscar trivia, but I've got God one for it. you. Shit, I deserve this. Wrestling Oscar trivia? Oh, yeah. Teaser for next oh, week. Oh, God. Um, which notable professional wrestler was... A... Notable to me, or... <laughs> I mean the big sh- uh just just yeah uh, yeah i'm sorry there's only I'm like sorry to two yeah. or three notable professional wrestlers to you um which notable professional wrestler is it kane had their gimmick originally based on being an oscar statue and quoting movies before the gimmick evolved into a gay panic gimmick Is it? I'm thinking of two. Is it? Is his name Gold Dust? That's a bingo. Yes. What was the other one? In America, we just say bingo. Th- thank you. Um, by the way, that was that was a tee up. <laughs> You're always setting me up, buddy. I wanted to say Ric Flair for some reason. Ah, yeah. It was just like the flamboyant stuff. Like I don't, I don't, I don't watch it, so I don't know if that was like the basis of it was like the gay scare or whatever whatever oh, yeah it's, it was. it's something that they weren't uh very clear about people are always like why did this like very homophobic character dress in all gold sit in a director's chair and constantly quote movies um and it's because <laughs> he was supposed to he was supposed, he was supposed to, be to be an oscar, oscar. yeah um <laughs> i did not actually know that at all yeah like i i've heard of him like i had a picture like he said dress like an oscar and it took me a few seconds i was like there was that golden guy and I was like, I know it's gold something, and I think it's dust. Yep, gold dust. Son okay. of Dusty Rhodes, yeah. brother of Cody Rhodes. And uh, he is no longer oh, portraying a homophobic character, and he is uh, very frequently spoken up about trans rights. It appears that that does not uh, reflect who he is. Uh, he is main eventing AEW Rampage as the natural Dustin Rhodes on the night of this podcast release. So that dude's still ah. kicking. Uh you know, despite uh, despite what he was booked to do in the past, uh, the dude is seriously in my top ten favorite wrestlers ever. I love him so much. He's amazing. Nice. Man. Shout out Hell to yeah. our boy Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, pause this podcast and watch that show if it's if you're listening on Friday night, <laughs> March twenty fifth. <25th. laughs> says here the uh, Oscar for best seamless edit goes to me. <laughs> Yes, goes to a good Greggy boy who is one for one on 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 Oscar wrestling trivia. That's right, dude. This <laughs> um, the seamless edit game in the last episode was on point, though. Yeah, dude, that was Don doing stuff unprompted. Like he, <laughs> just, 
He legitimately caught me off guard with a seamless edit, like the true friend of the show he is. It felt like, like it. It was great. <laughs> oh, dude. His crossword one was so good. No, so I good. was like, holy shit. <laughs> how did That's how that? I felt when he said it in the moment. Yeah. He was <laughs> it like, was well, awesome. I guess we're back. <laughs> yep. Yep. He got me. He got us all. He got the world. Um no, but on theme with what just happened, I was I was uh in the common area of my home making a making an old fashioned to drink and Vanessa scrolling through uh Vanessa scrolling through Netflix suggestions and the Adam project comes up and I was like, "Oh, Greg just told me that's really good. I've heard great things about it." And she's like, "Yeah, I have too." And then she scrolls one over and goes, oh, "Shrek 2." <laughs> and immediately puts it on. <laughs> And you're like, no, Shrek won. <laughs> I was just like, I've been, I've been burnt already. <laughs> so crazy that we just, we were just talking about those two movies. Maybe the Netflix algorithm hurt us. I don't know. Maybe so. Maybe so. <laughs> yep. I would like uh, to see a movie where I win a million dollars, but it's real. I don't know that that's how the algorithm works. I don't, I don't think it picked up. <laughs> We'll check back Man, tomorrow. Man, I would settle for... I would like to see a movie that's good. If you could make good movies, uh, that would be enough for me. Please give me the second Dune movie now. <laughs> it probably hasn't even started filming. All right, speaking of Dune, we're on the Oscars, baby. It's Oscar talk. I don't, I don't Boy, really, are we. I don't really have anything prepared. Um, I kind of wanted to go can... through like the list of all the best picture noms, but I think you've only seen like two or three of these let's see i have seen uh nightmare alley dune mm-hmm. and licorice pizza i saw those three which is uh, actually significantly more than i usually see i think yeah frequent listeners of the podcast know that uh uh i, I don't watch a lot of drama i don't hate it i'm just i, I do therapy all day i don't want to come home and watch and watch drama i don't want to yeah that makes sense and yeah i wanted to <laughs> it at the end of your last, the last episode, you said that my favorite movie genre was Oscar bait, and I was like, "Oh, I'll show him." And then I went to like my, my criticer. I was like, "Oh, oh no, <laughs> I can't, I can't defend myself." Dang <laughs> it! There's nothing wrong with it. It's just, no. it's, it's very clearly what you like to watch the most. Yeah, it's true. I'll, I'll throw the schlock in. For sure, and I'll enjoy it, but it just won't get rated as high, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think it just makes you more cultured than me. You know, that's all it is. You're more cultured than I am, Greg. Well, you've met my wife. True, she's a cultured lady. She is one five foot five ball of culture. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she's great. I love her. I watch all movies with subtitles now because of her. Yeah. It helps her understand the movie. Yeah, Greg's I, wife is originally from Puerto Rico. But for those who aren't following along at home, and uh, yeah, following along with the <laughs> my life. For uh, those of us who don't know the origin stories of Denny and Greg and their partners, right. <laughs> and the Denny's wife is originally have. from Alaska, Kentucky, and Thailand. That's crazy that she was stitched together from all three of those places. Uh, she moved around a lot between them. I'm not joking. Like, oh, yeah, they're yeah. all kind of <laughs> a lot of back and forth. Snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap. Uh, yeah, I, I'll usually like 
I think the year that I decided to like make a point, I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna try to like watch all the best picture nominees like every year just to like just to like watch them. I think that might have been the first year there the academy was like let's do like 10 and i was like ah, never mind oh, well, fuck this that was a dumb <laughs> idea <laughs> so i wanted to like i pay attention to them you know i say they don't really hold value but then i i kind of do care but well it's it's the same as like so like i i bitched about wwe for two decades um yeah before before aew existed i bitched about it there were other options. No one was making me watch it, but in reality, for those two decades that they ran unopposed as the only, like, truly major uh, North American professional wrestling company, I was like, dude, it's the wrestling that matters. Like, there's other better wrestling, but the wrestling that really feels like it matters is WWE, so I keep watching it. You know, like, yeah. I, it just, it's, it's, it is what it is, you know? Yeah, and, like, it's also, you know, if my favorite movie doesn't win, it's like, who cares, it's just the Oscar. But as soon as, like, Parasite or, like, Roger Deakins yeah. finally gets an Oscar, I'm like, yeah, finally, good for them, woo! Hell yes. yeah. Because that is cool. It, it is really cool, because, you know, that's what the people that I like that make movies that I like that's that's not the main reason they're doing it but it's like what makes them feel the most validated in a sense that's like that's a huge yeah. moment for them and it's hard not to be like really excited about them just because i don't think well, it's like the most valid thing doesn't make it less significant for them well that's the thing dude if i won an oscar i'd be really fucking proud oh of it oh my god yeah I wouldn't you think lost, it was meaningless furious. anymore. <laughs> if if I won one, that would be really meaningful to me. And I'm not going to pretend that it isn't. It's, you know, the wrestling analogy is like, hey, like, the World Wrestling Championship is, you know, on some level meaningless. It just means the people who write the show decided to have you win it. But if you don't think it's a big deal when you win it, then maybe you're in the wrong profession. You know, like, that's... Yeah. It's a big fucking deal. Um, no, I, I'm with you, man. It, it's just, uh, I, 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 basically every year I kind of, because I'm a movie guy and I, I like to talk about movies and sometimes I'll see something I wasn't really interested in just because everyone's talking about it and I want to know what I think about it. You know, like mm -hmm. I, I want to have an opinion. I want to, I want to be part of the dialogue. Uh, and every year I'm like, okay, cool. I should, I should try to watch some, some Oscar stuff. Uh, <laughs> just so I can have some talking points so I can know what I think when people say things. And, uh, most years I just don't get around to it. Like, it's not yeah. like a superiority thing or like I'm too cool and punk rock for, to care about this. I'm like, no, it's neat. I just, usually by the time the Oscars actually air, I haven't really seen 90% of what's nominated. And yeah. so I just don't get that interested is all. Yeah. That's, um, that's totally fair and valid. I'm like, it kind of validates your point that it's Oscar bait is kind of my preferred genre. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll make an effort, like I'll still make the effort to see as many best picture noms as I can. But if it's something I don't think I'm gonna like, then I'm not gonna really see it. So like yeah, there's yeah. best picture winners that I haven't even seen. Like I didn't I didn't want to watch the Green Book, and I still don't. So I'm probably not gonna watch that one. It's just like it happens you know, this year that I wanted to see a lot of these 
and also I'm doing a movie podcast, and also I had two weeks off from work. So, and we, <laughs> that, and that, we're doing, that helps. And we're doing a podcast about this. Like I yeah, got that I'm, helps. I I made the time to watch more of these. Yeah. So well, I, you know it. We watch what we think is interesting. Exactly. You know? Like yeah. and I, the the best pictures I saw I saw because I wanted to see them. It's it's some it's a good point that they make in uh, the Disaster Artist where they're like, hey, say what you want about the room. The year that the room came out, Million Dollar Baby won Best Picture. Are people still talking about Million Dollar Baby? I haven't no. seen that one. <laughs> me, me, fucking neither, and I probably never will. Yeah. Um, but people are still talking about the room because there's something interesting about it, and it, mm. it goes to your point that it's like. People are still talking about how Pulp Fiction should have won Best Picture over Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. Even the, and it's the same people who will say the Oscars are, are bullshit because they make decisions like that. Um, and they're still talking about something that happened nearly what thirty years ago, almost now. Yeah. Um, about a snub that happened, in their opinion, thirty years ago. They're still mad, yeah. <laughs> but they say they don't care, right? <laughs> like <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And, like, in fairness, people do still talk about Forrest Gump. Uh, well, yeah, Forrest Gump's a really good movie. Nobody, I'm not, like, a Forrest Gump hater. Nobody talks about Shakespeare in Love. Like, No way! I went to the theaters with my dad, like, I think, like, a month or two before COVID to watch um, Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. That was awesome, seeing it in theaters, because obviously I, actually I was haven't seen way that. too young. Yeah. What war movies are another blind spot for me. They just they, they don't do much for me. Um but no, it's I, I think I wanna say it was Renegade Cut that broke down like why the Oscars are the way they are. Um I'm pretty sure that was the YouTube channel. If you guys don't watch Renegade Cut, you should. It's a great YouTube channel. Um but they broke down basically that like the reason people tend to find the Oscars inaccessible is because the Academy, the vast majority of the voters are actors. Mm-hmm. And so what they're going to appreciate most is like very character driven. We focus on one actor doing this like laborious character study. And that's what the judges are going to appreciate the most because it's the part of the craft they most understand. Right. Well, that's that's not... what I would do if that was my job also. Exactly. Know? But that's not really what the audience understands and appreciates the most is it's not the craft of acting, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. the enjoyment of the movie. And, and a lot of the time, like they, you know, they, they have a very, we're immersed in Hollywood bias. Like for example, the shape of water. Oh my God. No, but check it out. There's a backstory. I watched, I watched the shape of water and was like, it was really weird. Um, I liked the set design um it was pretty cool it was a cool movie um a lot of green so much green that the characters commented on how green everything always was Mm -hmm. um which was so weird like more than once the characters acknowledged that everything in the movie is green um but i was just kind of like that's a just a strange movie it was good but uh, get out was better you know Mm -hmm. but then i found out there's this larger context that if you're like immersed in hollywood you would probably think about more which is that um a lot of monster movies uh from you know the 30s to the 50s are coded as like a fear of interracial marriage there's always this like 
humanoid monster absconding with a white woman and it's horrible you know like mm-hmm. from from their person i don't think that's horrible um but uh and so that was guillermo del toro kind of answering the criticism and being like nah that's not evil they're in love and that's a really cool subtext that like that completely increases my appreciation of the movie and why she would have sex with the creature from the black lagoon um that really is awesome but i'm also like you know could you maybe distribute a pamphlet with the movie that explains that because i (laughs) i didn't i fucking love monster movies i have a creature from the black lagoon tattoo on my motherfucking forearm and i didn't pick up on that there it is right Uh, there like like (laughs) come on man you gotta you, you just gotta you gotta contextualize that a little bit for us to really understand why you might say that's the best picture of the year because of the significance it has, right? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I'm I'm scrolling through Oscar noms right now, uh, just trying to find anything that stands yeah. out. I'm really surprised. Wanna... Fucking Van Morrison is up for best original song. Which one's that? Uh, Down to Joy by Van, Van Morrison. The... I first of all, what I'm a massive uh, from Belfast. Oh, okay, yeah, that's that's one of the ones. I haven't seen. So I'm a pretty big Van Morrison fan. Uh, Vanessa and I's first dance at our wedding was to Sweet Thing by Van Morrison, and we listened to him a lot. Um, he's really reclusive. Uh, he, I didn't know he was still, like, actively taking work, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, that's really fucking cool. I want to hear it just because Van Morrison made it. Uh, yeah. But because uh, you like the artist, that means they're not going to win. I'll uh, soup John Stevens a couple years ago. <laughs> that was annoying. Let's see. Is there anything that uh, anything that stands out to you is just kind of like, hey, that's interesting. That's nominated. Um, I have a couple things. Uh, Don't Look Up is nominated for Best Editing, which is hilarious because it sucked. <laughs> the, well, the editing sucked in that movie. But they did give the win to... Um, what was it bohemian rhapsody mm-hmm. like they gave an editing win to that movie which there's like a there's videos all over youtube about like that one scene where it's just like four it's just like a four or five person conversation and there's like seventy thousand fucking cuts and that's wow. the movie that won best editing so i i Os- don't oscar do... by a thousand cuts i think is the yeah <laughs> i i don't do musical biopics except uh the the elvis one that's coming out by basil Luhrmann actually looks pretty cool but for the most part i yeah. i didn't see i only the do Queen movie walk hard i didn't see um <laughs> what's the fun joke I, di- I didn't see the bohemian rhapsody one i didn't really feel like it yeah yeah the uh one of your facebook commenters uh taylor williams brought up a point that i wanted to bring up and he just lit the fire under me again the green knight nominated see it. nominated for nothing zero things Whew. indefensible i don't think it's like a best picture winner or even like a really super strong contender for best picture but just oh my god it's beautiful and extremely well acted and the score is incredible like it there's so much good things about it and then i see like don't look up as nominated for best editing i'm just like what the what the fuck are we doing <laughs> like <laughs> cyrano is best costume design over the green knight like get the fuck out of here that movie was like ah 
I'm irritated, but I think I saw that movie when it came out in theaters. I think it was like last February, so it's been a long time since I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. I just thought Um, that was was a dumb thing that they didn't (laughs) nominate it. I'm thinking it's pretty cool to see... uh, to see uh, uh, Jesse Buckley and Jesse Plemons nominated for different movies in the same year, our, our friends from uh, our friends yeah. from I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Oh, we got Jesse Buckley. Jesse Buckley in uh, the Lost Daughters. She's nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Oh, I didn't know that was her. I forgot her name. Yeah. I haven't seen the yeah. movie. And we've got uh, I haven't seen either of these movies. Jesse Plemons for Power of the Dog for Best Supporting Actor. I wanted to touch um, on Power of the Dog, if that's all right. If you don't spoil it, because I haven't I, seen it. I won't. It. I will. I okay, will yeah, touch it. on it. Give yeah. your thoughts. So, Jesse Plemons is up for... it. I think this is the movie that could sweep the Oscars, based on, like, you know, how these awards usually go. Um, Jesse Plemons is up for actor in a supporting role, but he's up against Cody Smith-McPhee in actor in a, as actor in a supporting role, also for Power of the Dog. And I think it should go to the other guy over Plemons. As much as I love Plemons in this movie, every main actor in this movie is nominated. And I think it's Cody Smith McPhee's award to lose, honestly. He's the yep. he was the guy that was he played the little kid in the movie The Road. I don't know if you saw that movie. I did not see that movie. No. Okay. He's 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 built like me he's like the super tall slender guy he's just the got waluigi body type yeah he's a waluigi bod guy and respect <laughs> to a waluigi king i hope he wins he, the movie oh my god the movie is remarkable it's a mystery movie and the mystery is what's really going on here and then you don't find out until maybe the last couple minutes of the movie. Okay. And then everything you just watched makes sense. I haven't rewatched it. I really want to. But I listened to the Blank Check episode. Uh, the other podcast, Blank Check, they, they just covered Power of the Dog. And they all had watched it like two or three times. And by the way, blank check. They're starting their series of Sam Sam Raimi films, and uh, oh, e- Evil Dead was first up. So that's that. I just got, I got to check that podcast out. It just released a few days ago. It's it's a really good one. Their discussion of Power of the Dog is like I wanted to do an episode about it, but they said literally everything I wanted to say about it and more. Like opened my eyes to more reasons why I like that film. It's it's incredible. Totally worth a rewatch. I know a lot of people don't really seem to get it because it seems like the movie doesn't tell you what's going on at all until the very end. And then when you think back, you realize the movie was telling you exactly what was going on the whole time, just none of it explicitly. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a really interesting method of storytelling. Sort of like I'm thinking of ending things. Yeah, but in a... Yes, in a less, like fantastical sense like i'm thinking of okay, okay that's where i'm thinking of ending thing is just taking place in like a fantasy um in someone's head power of the dog is keeping the right things shrouded basically but on a rewatch you're like oh now that i understand what's happening i understand why these characters are behaving this way i understand all of their motivations 
and all these actions, like everything just makes so much more sense. And I can't believe I didn't see it the first time. So I'm, I'm going to watch that movie again. And um, I don't want to spoil it for you, but there's... Like, I think I've seen people say that Benedict Cumberbatch was maybe miscast, but um, I think he was perfectly cast for reasons that I will talk to you about after you see it. Cool. Um, Good-ass yeah, movie. I, I hope it wins. I think it will win. I, I'm wanting to give you some banter, but I, I literally know nothing about these movies. Yeah, that's <laughs> You fine. know, like, <laughs> I, I'm, um, let's see. Um, let's talk. Uh, have you seen Nightmare Alley? I have. I think... Yeah, I think I mentioned that a couple, like, on the last episode I was on. I called it Nightmare Dilly Dally. All right, let, let's 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 chop it up about some of these because we we don't do a lot of current stuff on this podcast. This is no. kind of a cool opportunity to do some more recent things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you want to go down the list of best picture noms? Or let's just let's just start with Nightmare Alley. Like yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. do that. Let's do Nightmare. We've both seen it. It's one of the the overlaps, the Venn diagram. We've, um, we've got two overlaps because I haven't seen Licorice Pizza. I really want to, but I haven't seen it. We've, okay. We've both seen Dune and Nightmare Alley. Okay. Okay. Um, and I think we have opposing opinions on both. Um, maybe don't get... maybe less than you think. I don't remember what you think about Dune though. So. Um, we'll, we'll get to Dune. I, I, I loved Nightmare Alley. I loved it and was, and was kind of surprised that it's viewed as polarizing. Cause I just, um, I, and you know, a lot of people whose opinions I respect have told me, have told me why it's not their thing or why they expected it to be different. Um, right. When I watched it, I was just a hundred percent on board the whole time. You know, like I, I just didn't expect a polarizing reaction. I wasn't like. Well, this isn't for everyone, but it's it's hitting my buttons type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like um I I really loved it, man. I thought it was uh and and maybe it's because I I don't think ahead in movies. You, we've we've talked about this. Yeah. I'm like, tell me your story. I'm along for the ride and when it's all the way over, I'll tell you what I think about it. You got to give me a minute to digest it. I'm just but I'm going to let you tell it to me before I try to figure it out, you know. Yeah, for um, sure. I'm the and same. And so way. I th- the critiques I've heard is that they thought that a lot of it was telegraphed, that uh, there was a lot of waiting around for not all that much to happen. Um, I was very into uh, into the performances in the movie. I thought uh, Bradley Cooper and Tony Collette did fantastic jobs. Uh, I, everyone did a fantastic job, in my opinion. Tony Collette um, always you know does what? a fantastic job. Boy, does she. Um, she's like Francis McDormand, Samuel L. Jackson tier of never misses, you know, like Mm -hmm. she's, she's so good. Um, you know what? Let's just say we're, we're going to spoil nightmare alley because we both seen it. Yeah. Spoiler, spoiler discussion of nightmare alley. Sure. Um, Uh, skip forward until later. Um, if you haven't seen nightmare (laughs) alley, this is your last chance. Yeah. Um, so, okay. I, 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 I didn't, see all the stuff coming that they paid off and was very impressed when they paid it off um i thought it was i thought it was a really cool movie a really a really cool character study for as much as i kind of like make fun of how much that happens in the oscars um i i really was with bradley cooper's character um i was super into this idea that like there's a way to be a carny but still have a moral code you know like that okay, they're grifters, they're exploitative, but there's some stuff you just don't do because 
you're going to lose track of the grift. You know, like you've got to, you've got to leave well enough alone. Yeah. You're taking a few bucks from people, but you're impressing them and giving them a fun experience. Uh, don't take it too far. Yeah. Don't, you know, like don't let yourself think you're doing actual magic. Exactly. Yeah. And, and don't like, don't exploit people more than making a quick buck off of them. It's kind of, it's kind of their code, right? Like mm-hmm. you're, you're at a carnival, you kind of get the deal is that at a carnival they're going to try to grift you. Um, you could view it as a grift or you could view it as entertainment, right? Like that yeah. that's kind of how they that's kind of how they look at it, but they're like okay, but like don't exploit humans for more than like 5 fucking minutes, man. You know, like and and cuz like is that really such a wrong, you know, like you gave them a cool little smoke and mirrors magic show. Maybe they believed it, maybe they didn't, but they had a good time. I if if it happened to me, I wouldn't be that mad. You know, like I would be chill with it. Um mm-hmm. So you can embrace like kind of the <laughs> the the chaotic good or at least the like lawful neutral, you know, like uh, of it all. And then you see just like greed and ambition and avarice just consume this character who truly does have a special talent for what he does but he's he's so hungry and so unable to be satisfied that uh it just completely deteriorates his personality you know like we watch him decompensate we watch him go from a grifter to an abuser to someone who's being abused like he abused other people right um and i kind of saw it as like a you know the hero's journey is not guaranteed. Um, if you don't make the choices that that facilitate this somewhat natural process of a hero's journey happening, well, then it won't. <laughs> and and you'll fuck it all up. So I, I don't know. I saw it as a really cool cautionary tale, and I get that it was kind of slow and kind of long, and I was just 100% here for it, so that didn't bother me. You know, like, what what are yeah. your thoughts? <laughs> Um, usually like you're calling them polarizing movies. I'll always hear it as like, you either love it or you hate it. When people describe movies like that, I still somewhat fall in the middle. Like, I don't really hate a lot of movies, I guess. So if I don't love it, I still like things about it. Like I, I gave Nightmare Alley a 31 out of 40. There's okay. a lot of stuff that I liked about it. It was almost Let me see all. What I gave it. it was almost all like narrative based. Uh, what I liked about Nightmare Alley. It was a pretty cool narrative. Yeah, and especially the ending, which I think I talked about uh, very um, vaguely, because I think at the time Vanessa hadn't seen it. Vanessa's seen it, right? Um, no, she hasn't actually. Okay, no. Vanessa, I hope you skipped ahead. <laughs> I gave it a uh, I gave it a forty four for the record forty four yeah. out of fifty yeah that's that's good yeah I I think there's just something about how by the time I don't well first of all like the whole carny aesthetic thing is just not really something I really have a whole lot of interest in it's a wrestling thing wrestling it, came from carnivals they're all carnies I I respect the grifters yeah there you go it's you know how into wrestling i am mm-hmm. um major goldust fan yeah huge gold member fan uh <laughs> yeah but like 
breaking up the way the movie is broken up like by the time i'm getting into the carney stuff we are hard cutting to whatever like two years into the future or whatever and now i'm reinvesting myself into the same characters, so it's a little bit easier but it's still kind of a hard cut and the transition i'm still not like there was just a couple characters like by the middle of the movie i think like it's kate blanchett right was that who that was uh i'll have to look it up Hold the on. therapist character i think like, so I, at a certain, I think i think that sounds right at a certain point i just i don't think i knew what her motivation was like i don't i didn't understand what she was doing and yeah it's kate blanchett yeah yeah i like i, I was i was paying attention you know following along and everything i'm just like wait why is she doing any of this stuff like i just and like so much of the story hinges on her that if i don't really get her motivation then well, it's harder she, to follow or like harder was, to really buy in and like be invested in the stuff that happens because of her she was she was grifting the king of grifting and as a therapist i kind of don't love the implication that therapists are grifters but yeah, there you go. <laughs> um but she was she was grifting the grifter that was that's what she was doing all along yeah I guess I wanted more, like, we spent all, like, what, the first 50 minutes of the movie establishing, you know, like you said, the King of Grifters, Bradley Cooper's character, and his love, uh, whoever Rooney Mara's character is. Um, like, we, we spend so much time establishing them and the relationships they have with each other and, like, the, the people around them and their past that the Kate Blanchett character has none of that. And if she's... The only one capable of like grifting the grifter and we're just kind of thrown into the middle of her story it's strange to me i, I find I, myself less invested in her despite so much of the story hinging on her i i saw her as uh as a character who was the one person who knew how to manipulate bradley cooper's corruption because yeah. um and she was she good was at the, it Oh, she was really good at it. And, and a lot most of it people, was really subtle. Most yeah. people were victimized by his corruption in that movie. Um, but she truly found a way to have power over him and found, you know, she understood what motivated him. And it seemed like nobody else did. And she, she used her understanding of what motivated him to manipulate him and completely play him and just hook, line, and sinker uh she she i think that like uh the character molly which was played by rooney mara um, <clears throat> molly thank you yeah i i i got the impression that at one point bradley cooper had some sincere motivation for her and just like honest genuineness yeah and then you look back and you're like maybe he was a sociopath all along right you know like yeah. and that was kind of cool to me and Maybe I bought into his sociopathic ways. Um, I, I liked the presentation of that. And then you have Kate Blanchett, who truly saw the bigger picture of who he is. And Molly was like, you don't love me enough to, to listen to me. And, you know, Bradley Cooper was kind of like, yeah, of course, I'm a fucking sociopath. You know, like, I, I don't, You're right. I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not about to just care about people. Um, and, uh, it just seemed like Kate Blanchett knew all the right carrots to dangle in front of him and how to dangle them properly. Um, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying like anything about her was wrong. And I think it would have taken, 
it would have made the movie worse if we spent like another 20 minutes establishing her i'm just saying it was like a little weird like i felt we spent too much time in the beginning it was just i don't know it just kind of threw yeah. me off the level of investment in different characters but well, and it, it was a it was an episodic movie like you know like yeah, yeah. an I, I honestly, I typically hate episodic movies. I'm like, holy shit, make a miniseries. Um, yeah, not. A <clears> I don't big, know why. Not a big uh, Place Beyond the Pines guy. Actually, I actually really like that movie a lot. Oh yeah, I, okay. I, I really like Place Beyond the Pines. Um, Bradley Cooper classic. Well, you know, it's just like if you're gonna do something like that, have a reason to. Don't don't do it because you're lazy and just wanted to take the characters to a new and exciting setting. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. so for this and for Place Beyond the Pines, there was a, there was a central story thread that ran <laughs> through it all, and I was able to view it as like, oh, this is a new chapter, not like, oh, you extended the runtime by taking us to the mysterious swamp where mysterious things happened for 35 minutes and mm -hmm. you know like and then you got rid of you dealt with all the mysterious things and had to get back to your main focus you know like uh the, the place beyond the pine is and nightmare alley kind of had that uh that central theme that i could follow and kind of view that like okay we're seeing like a really long period in these characters lives in the two hours we're gonna stick with them you know like yeah you know like we're not gonna it's not gonna happen over like a couple of weeks this is like years and years and years that are passing so i can kind of i can kind of get down with the scenery changes and characters coming and going and understand that much like real life you know seasons and reasons you have some people that are in your life for a season and some people that are in your life for a reason you know like a few people will really stick with you as life changes and most people will be around while you were in that walk of life and that's okay you know like that's it's chill that's that's the way it's supposed to be so yeah yeah, yeah. i don't know I, I i loved it i dug the movie yeah i guess my last thing on it is uh you know directors will have their guys you know the 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 actor that's in almost every one of the director's movies and i feel like richard jenkins is becoming the guy for guillermo del toro and the coen brothers god i love richard jenkins I love he's richard so jenkins. fucking good another good one from him just solid solid work he he's another one you know like like francis francis motherfucking mcdormand uh R Richard Jenkins doesn't miss. He really doesn't. Like he's he's pretty damn good in everything I see him in, even if it's like a a quick little bit part. I love him. Oh yeah. All right. Uh, the other one we've both seen is Dune. Yeah. Damn. Um. What a movie. I th I thought we kind of felt the same about this one. Man, I thought it was one of the most truly beautiful movies I've seen in my life. Um, mm -hmm. Without a doubt, the best uh, the best CGI ever done ever, and it's not even close. Um, yeah. I am really glad, and I know enough hardcore fans of the Dune books, I'm glad that those long-suffering fans finally got something that was targeted towards them. I think they deserve it. Is that um, how uh, Colby feels? yes yeah um i thought so yeah you you know it's how colby feels yeah baby as someone who is never gonna read a dune book uh the i i look at it and i'm like it was very well done and it is simply not for me 
Um, mm-hmm. and, and I'm okay with it not being for me. And I never, I, I don't want to criticize it because it's, it, again, it's geared towards hardcores and I'm not a hardcore. Um, I'm barely a casual. I'm more like I have friends who are hardcores and everyone's talking about the Dune movie. Um, there was not a single moment in this three hour movie where I had any idea what the fuck was going on or what the fuck I was supposed to care about. <laughs> like never at any point. <laughs> in that movie did i know what i was supposed to feel or why people were doing what they were doing it was entirely inaccessible to me denny we are on the same page awesome because uh as jack black would say we're not hardcore because we don't live hardcore we really read the book either and honestly like i I think I'm more willing to watch it again because, like you said, it's visually striking. Just beautiful movie. Amazing. Fantastic. Denny Villeneuve transitioned into, from big sad into, like, cool-ass art house sci-fi is a very, very amazing transition. And Dune is just the latest example of that. And I... It it's just it's so fucking dense, yeah. And I didn't understand what I was supposed to be feeling a lot of the times. I didn't understand why characters were doing the things they were doing. And it just... I didn't even understand where they were or what was happening. I, I right. couldn't couldn't connect. Could and not that's, connect. That's on me, right? Yeah. Like I don't I don't feel like it's a bad movie because of that. It's just not accessible to me and right I, well and, sorry it needs, it needs to be watched again like i need to either read the book or watch it one maybe two more times dude there's so no really fucking way i'm ever it. watching it again as long as i live it was it, so long i i feel like it could be this generation's sci-fi fellowship of the ring basically yeah whereas the series goes on and we get a complete story we're like holy shit the first one was actually an incredible beautiful thing that at first we were feeling like that's it and then once we see the rest of it we're like oh damn they set this up perfectly that's what i feel like could happen uh um, right now you. i'm not i'm not privy to everything so i'm not there yet i mean i don't know what i'm not privy to because it's like literally just a blur to me that whole movie the book is big <clears throat> um all that goes to say you know, in in defense of it, I, I watched that movie with Colby and Vanessa. Colby, uh, Colby actually uh, sherpaed me through David Lynch's Dune one and a half times, and I still, <laughs> I feel like I actually understood that more because I got commentary live from Colby. Um, I watched it with Colby and Vanessa, and Vanessa loved it, and she doesn't know dick about Dune. You know, like she she didn't even make it through the David Lynch one, and I watched it just for posterity. You know, like. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh and and Vanessa loved it. It totally appealed to her. She got it. She loved it. So I just I think that's one I have to look at and say it's just not my cup of tea. And I think it's cuz Vanessa Vanessa also really likes fantasy. Um man, I don't I don't give a fuck about fantasy. I really don't. Like wizards, dragons, sorcerers, uh elves and dwarves. I really like to play D&D, but I'd like it a hell of a lot more if it was sci-fi based. Like, I, I love Ooh. sci-fi. Um, I, I really just... Fantasy Warhammer doesn't get my... 40k, this guy. Yeah. Um, 
fantasy doesn't capture my imagination. It just doesn't. And there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with fantasy. And there's nothing wrong with me. Well, that is well uh, debatable. <laughs> I'm definitely fixated on 9-11. Uh, <laughs> there um, it is. <laughs> um, Filled our quota. <laughs> all that goes to say, um, I think it was it was more fantasy than sci-fi. And... Again, I, I just I just needed a jumping in point and I never got it. You know, like mm-hmm. give me give me the point of accessibility. Um and, and I would have been there. But I just I never felt like I had that. So I literally just sat there and just kept watching it and just never understood a single word that was said in the whole movie. <laughs> like I just didn't. Yeah. And that's that's more about me than the movie, because yeah, exactly. Like, I'm I, I'm the outlier, you know. Like I, I can look at it and be like, oh no, this this resonated with a lot of people, and it also made a lot of people who don't give a shit about Dune. It made them go buy the books and start reading them, you know. Like so, I'm I'm not even gonna say it's it's completely inaccessible to someone who's not a hardcore Dune fan. I'll just say it's inaccessible to me. I just I I don't connect with Dune, and I I I, want I like to though. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, I, I want to. This movie I, makes me feel like I want to understand everything that's going on. Uh, it, it didn't. It didn't intrigue me. At least. me. Yeah. I was different. I'm. I, and I'll Thank give it different. to you. And I'm also glad that it got made. I'm glad that like Hell Dune yes. fans, first of all, finally got something. And I'm really glad that there is a very successful big budget sci-fi because I love big budget sci-fis and I appreciate Dune and I respect Dune. Um, but I do not like Dune, like very little. I think I gave it a I gave it a thirty eight on Criticer, thirty eight out of fifty, um, mm-hmm. out of sheer respect for the craftsmanship and what it represents. But um, I even curved it for like maybe I was in a bad mood when I watched it. I don't know, like you know, like I, I like, but I I just couldn't connect with anything in that movie. <clears throat> yeah, totally fair. All right. We've covered uh, seven or three, seven. We've covered three of the uh, best picture nominees. Uh, do you want to talk about Licorice Pizza in a spoiler-free yeah. manner? It doesn't seem yeah. like it's like a spoiler would really like ruin anything with this kind. No, of yeah, I I don't know what there really is to spoil. To be honest, um, yeah, I I enjoyed Licorice Pizza. I, I liked it a lot. Uh, there was uh, I'm I'm sure that uh, Phil Van Hoke is listening to this right now and just chomping at the bit or insanely tired of talking about licorice pizza. Um, I don't know which, depending on the mood he's in that day. Um, I, I gave it a 38 out of uh, a 38 out of 50. Honestly, I kind of downgraded it from a 40 because there was some like adults dating minor <laughs> stuff that really was endorsed and not really addressed that uh, I kind of had to dock a few points for. I've heard some apologetics for it. Um, I don't really know how to get into it about uh, about uh, without spoiling it. So I'll just say, if those apologetics are to be, to be believed, I could have used a couple more hints that that's what was really going on. Okay. Um, it was pretty lost on me. Um, I'm not saying it wasn't there. I'm not saying it wasn't the intent. I'm saying you should have given me a little more of a nudge. Um I did really enjoy the movie. I I love I love I mean Paul Thomas Anderson is a fantastic director. These were um Alana Heim, man. Oh my god. Love her and her whole family. Yeah. Um they're so good. Sisters. 
I actually started listening to their band Heim, or is it Haim? I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, I, they're very talented musically, and everyone rocked it on screen. Uh, just so cool. Uh, yeah, it's obviously nostalgia pandering. Um, I didn't love that they played nostalgia bingo. You know, just like kind of obnoxiously went through some like this was a trend um and they also now here's this song that kind of thing pretty much like hey remember these cars yes yes yeah this tv show or whatever yeah i i thought it was a little preoccupied with the sizzle of nostalgia and not the substance of it which is just kind of like trying to recapture something we can never get back you know just like the way it felt to be alive in that time period, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, and I do think it captured that well too. I just think sometimes I was like, ah, you could have done a little less and gotten more out of it. And dude, something that really stuck with me, something I hate it's it, I, I noticed it because of the Gorley and rust podcast. They talk about this. Uh, if anybody doesn't listen to with Gorley and rust and likes horror at all, you are fucking up. You need to check out that podcast. Um, but, um, it's, it's when you, so like if we were going to make a nineties movie, Greg, Mm -hmm. and I wrote a character, like if I was like, well, how will I get a hold of you? It's not like you keep your phone in your pocket and you probably never will. Oh my God. Yeah. I hate that. And they, they did it with waterbeds. They were like. Everyone will be sleeping on waterbeds in the future. And it's just like, we all know that waterbeds were a fad that didn't take off. And it just, it really stuck with me. Um, Again, it, it was just a weird thing where I wanted to like the movie even more than I did. I liked the movie a lot and I wanted to like it, but there was just eh, a lot of elements that didn't sit quite right with me. You know, just kind of can't get past one or two things. And I wish I could because there's a badass narrative there. But I just I just can't get past a couple of them. You know, like it's kind of like "Mm," you kind of shot yourself in the foot with some of this shit. But overall, like pretty well made and everything, it sounds like. I would go as far as to say very well made. Um, Uh, From the Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, from the director of literally fucking there will be blood so yeah paul thomas anderson made it he did a great job well made he knows how to make a movie yeah well acted uh and and a really good script like really good there was just like (sighs) it's one thing to have themes you don't agree with and create some more space for something that's outside your perspective adults dating minors is never going to be one of those things yeah (laughs) like it's just there's not really a context that you can get me to celebrate that in and again i've heard the apologetics that maybe they're not trying to get you to celebrate it be a little more obvious when you're fucking with pedophilia be a little more clear that you don't endorse pedophilia and you're not trying to make me feel good about it we here at the movies for win podcast do not endorse pedophilia yeah, just just be be more clear just, just if you're so trying clear. to tell. If your message is that pedophilia is bad, don't make it too subtle to recognize. Just because my wife is <laughs> almost seven years younger than me, we met oh. way later. It's is that fine. True? 
Is that true? Is that Paul Thomas Anderson's wife? No, this is me and my wife. Oh! She's almost seven years younger than me. Dude, again. We met late. It's fine. There's a difference between dating an adult who is significantly younger than you and dating a high schooler while you're an adult. Those are not the same thing. That's not the same fucking thing. But you did say we need to be clear, so I am being clear. Greg is clear. He didn't pedophile his wife i did she not was, pedophile. <laughs> she was a complete full adult when he met her i did not pedophile my wife <laughs> all right um good good chat on licorice pizza i i still i i want to check it out so bad man dude it, it's a good movie it's a good yeah. movie there's just some like kind of kind of icky parts you know i feel you all right uh the t- the two movies that neither of us have seen king richard Looks fine. I like the Williams sisters. They kick ass. Some of the best athletes in the fucking world. I uh, and I like Will Smith, so, you know, we'll see. I like the Williams sisters. I, I don't really follow tennis, but I, I they're Me such either. a... At well, there's they're such a big deal that I know who they are, right? Exactly. Like, despite not following <laughs> tennis. Um, I've always known who they were, despite never really watching tennis at all. Yeah, I, I like Will Smith. I like him a lot. I think he gets a lot of just really unfair criticism i like will smith um belfast I, is the other one that we didn't watch i'm never gonna watch either of these I'm man not, i'm like, not really interested in belfast what, what I, i'll is watch belfast? king richard before i watch belfast uh i i don't i i can't see any part of me ever wanting to see king richard uh literally just because the subject matter doesn't appeal to me i, I don't like sports movies i just don't um right. king richard watching is the wrestler that's not a sports movie. That's a sports entertainment. That's a sports movie. entertainment movie. <laughs> nice. There you go. Yeah, there we go. I, I am not someone who's like wrestling is a sport. I don't understand that stance. It's like, I, just I literally not. I, I unironically call it sports entertainment. You're the only person other than because, Vince McMahon. I'm fine with that because it's fifty percent to like piss off the real like wrestler heads. That'll and work. Then, the other 50% is because, like, well, it's kind of what it is. <laughs> that is it what it like is. It feels like the correct title. <laughs> it is technically correct, but it's also, it's something that uh, Vince McMahon has used to um, differentiate his product as something uh, superior to what, like, us humble, lowly pro wrestling fans like to watch. Mm. Um, and his product is worse, so everyone resents it um but if you wanted but i will say this if uh if john cena the person wants to say he's a sports entertainer rock on but if john cena the character on an episode of monday night raw refers to himself as a sports entertainer i'm like no in the canon he is a wrestler in the canon this is not sports entertainment and in WWE, they always call it sports entertainment in the canon. You know, like, and I'm like, no, it is sports entertainment. But, like, do actors in movies talk about how they're actors? No. <laughs> right? Like, what the fuck? This um, is all flying seven feet over my head. Yeah, well, everyone else who's listening feels the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're in good company. From the top um, rope right over my head. All right. Uh, I, all right. I've watched every other Best Picture nom. I'll, you want me to give like brief, brief? Yeah, brief give give us a it? brief rundown, brother. Uh, alphabetical order: Belfast, like we said, haven't seen, not really interested. Coda, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little 
on the cheesy side, but the emotional parts really, really work. And Is it about believe- Codependency Anonymous? Because that's the name of the support group. That's not it at all. CODA okay. stands for Children of Deaf Adults. Uh, oh. Yes. It is about a girl in high school. Um, her parents and her brother are all deaf, and she's kind of saddled with the burden of being the only person in the family that can hear, and she kind of wants to pursue a career in singing. And I was watching this with my wife, and she was like, the way she, she sings is so shitty. She's fucking terrible, bro. <laughs> Your Leah impression is so spot on. It sounds exactly like her. She hated the way the girl sang. I thought she was fine. I thought everyone did a good job. Uh, the the father character is nominated for an Oscar, and I think it's well-deserved. Um, and our boy, our... Um, hold on. Our lead actor from Sing Street is the love interest in this movie. Oh, shit. Uh, uh, is it, it Daniel is... Durant? Ferdia Walsh Pilo. No wonder I couldn't remember that oh, name. Wow. Yeah, he, he's, he's even back. slippier than a Kristen Bell show. <laughs> the Ferdia Walsh from the window in the car from the girl in the Pilo. <laughs> he's he's in this movie and he does he does a pretty good job. So good good to see him again. Uh, I would watch Coda. That sounds pretty cool. Plays guitar and sings. It's great. I'd, yeah, uh, I'd, I I literally have never heard of it until right now. Yeah, it's it's on Apple TV Plus. Uh, which I got like for I have like a year free subscription with like my f- cell phone service, so it's the only reason I'm watching like that and uh, Tragedy of Macbeth and everything. But uh-huh. it's a good one. I have a real soft spot for the deaf community. All right, the other one was Don't Look Up, uh, aggressively mediocre. Some really really funny parts, but man, it's way too on the nose. And the camera work in that movie sucks like there's shots that i swear like the camera was inside dicaprio's ear at some point like it's mm-hmm. it's fucking annoying uh <laughs> drive my car i feel like listeners of this show would like this movie three hours long japanese film <laughs> really not a whole lot happens plot wise that does sound like an episode of our podcast. That does sound like minus the Japanese part is very, yeah, it's very much. Uh, well, us. if you considered it inaccessible to the average American, then it sounds <laughs> sounds a it's, lot like our podcast. It's it's pretty accessible, man. It's okay. It's about well, I it sounds like exactly the kind of movie that you don't want to come home and watch after a day of work. It's about like coming to terms with loss and forgiveness after death of a loved one and that kind of thing i already did that seven times by the time i get home from work so i think if power of the dog doesn't win best director i think drive my car could and probably should like i really feel like i'm in the places that this movie's taking me through it's a really really beautiful film that's like super serene you know not a lot of music a lot of natural sound it's it's a great movie but strap in it's it is three nice. hours. I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, international cinema is, is kind of a weak spot for me, but I, I've really gotten into Asian cinema in the past couple of years. I would, uh, Parasite, there's, there's, Parasite opened a lot of doors, huh? Um, I don't know that it did. I think it was more like I got, I, I really like noir and, uh, Ooh, yeah. 
I found out there was a bunch of really cool Japanese noir that I'd never seen or heard of, and that just caused me to, you know, further explore, and I'm still exploring. There's there's probably a lot of movies like Ikiru uh, that I would watch before uh, Drive My Car, just if I'm, you know, in a Japanese cinema mood, but I would check out Drive My Car, maybe. I don't know. It's it's totally worth checking out. Um, three yeah. hours is a hard sell. Three hours is a hard sell. I watched it in two parts, and I didn't feel like I was really missing out on the experience of watching okay. it all at once. So the first hour or so takes place in a pretty different setting than the last two hours. So maybe that could be a way to split it up, okay. even though the two do emotionally like and narratively like tie in pretty well uh dune we already talked about king richard we already talked about licorice pizza nightmare alley we talked about and i already covered the power of the dog uh the last one we watched last night oh west shit side, west side story how was that man how was that I'm, I'm open to that being good as someone that does not like musicals at all i thought it was a really really good one okay if there, that there, comes from you then that must mean like Anyone who mildly enjoys musicals would be over the moon about it, right? Like, oh, yeah. Some of the performances, like, if you're someone that can appreciate musicals, like, some of the performances just explode off the screen and are just fantastic. Uh, I think this has a couple of actor nominations, too. It's got our boy Baby Driver in it. The songs are good. The acting's good. It's incredibly well-made. The songs are, you know, they're 60-year-old songs, but they're a lot of fun. It does seem to kind of, well, not to spoil a 60-year-old movie based on a 65-year-old play, but <laughs> once, once deaths occur, the movie really pivots and takes a turn. And I'm somebody that hadn't seen it before or, like, didn't know the story. So it's kind of new to me. It was a I fun actually, way to experience uh, it. I haven't seen West Side Story all the way through. Um Okay. Vanessa and I, one year for for her birthday, went to uh, went to see it at uh, the the Denton County or I don't know I don't know what they call it the 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 theater on the square in Denton and yeah. uh, we had to leave halfway through because I had just absolutely horrendous diarrhea, um, not like I ate something bad diarrhea like I am ill diarrhea I, I got to get out of here type of thing, mm. um, you know like so I, I I don't know how West Side Story ends ah the uh classic the jets versus the sharks uh right i, I was watch, in theater the in high movie. school so i know almost all the songs from people just like singing them in dressing rooms but i haven't actually seen the show all the way through i kind of want to yeah do it with this one it's great cool um yeah i think i <clears throat> sorry i had one more thought on it but i can't i can't remember what it was yeah my my wife like denny said she's puerto rican so half the story is like rivaling gangs and it's about Puerto Ricans moving to New York. And why it's cool. a huge problem. <laughs> According to the characters. Oh, okay. so she I was, was like, <laughs> uh, you want to, uh, uh, I don't think it's a problem, brother. <laughs> Puerto I'll, Ricans I'll, can move to New York if they want to. I can okay. pull my own parachute. Thank you. It's, it's about how they're discriminated against, not about how oh, yeah. Puerto Ricans moving to New York is a problem. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, I I, th I think that's a really good one. Um, yeah, that's that's all the best picture noms. Um, yeah, the only other thing I watched was that's like you know getting significant Oscar attention was 
being the Ricardos. I want to see that. I want to see that one. Mm, damn, dude. Or don't I? It's it's weird. It is. It's written and directed by Aaron Sorkin. Mm-hmm. And the problem is he directed it. Because okay. when he writes a movie, he needs a good director to kind of put him on a leash a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, Moneyball. Fabulous movie. Haven't seen it. Written by Aaron Sorkin. It's it's amazing. I don't even... Yeah, even if you don't really like baseball all that much. It's a great movie. I don't. All-time, so- all-time Brad Pitt performance, for sure. Uh, what's the other one? The Social Network. David Fincher. Kind of... Boo! Reels him in. Overrated. The movie? Yeah. That's really good. I, I rewatched it a few months ago. I was like, this is better than I remember it being. I, I'd give it a rewatch, but I was just super unimpressed when I watched it sometime in, like, probably 2011. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. At the end, like, now Facebook has a bunch of users. And it's like, hmm, well, it's done a lot more than that since then. <laughs> I don't think you guys told the real story of Facebook. <laughs> you yeah. had no idea where this was going. Well, like, the problem is, it's just, like, he over-sorkins it. He's just, like, everything's so quick and quippy there's like three characters talking over each other and it's just like way too witty it's just a little too full of itself and then like the pacing of the story is really awkward because basically it takes place over like a week it Uh covers the span of a week during the making of the show i love lucy and then we each maybe not act but like each segment is like monday and then tuesday and we're going to start the segment with like a flashback to the past and then like talking head interviews from some of the other characters in the show like 30 years in the future or whatever yeah and then we get to the meat of the monday or the tuesday and they do that for every day and it's a really weird way to break up the story it's just it's a little confusing it would have been this is one of those classic it would have been better as a miniseries kind of things yeah and most things would these days am i right (sighs) he's right folks and like i the only other thing i have on it it feels kind of miscast like nicole kidman as lucille ball and javier bardem as desi like just it seems like the wrong choice. They both knock it out of the park, and they're both nominated for Oscars, and I feel like they both earned it, but it's just like I don't really buy into them being the characters they're portraying, or like the characters that I know these two TV stars to be. You know, It's really weird seeing them playing it. It's just kind of like I'm not seeing the characters. I'm seeing these two actors trying to be these characters, and they do a mm-hmm. killer job. But it's just it just feels wrong. But we get uh, Buster and maybe in a writer's room together. <laughs> That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. I uh, I kind of wanted to see it just because I actually I grew up watching uh, I Love Lucy on Nick at Night uh, pretty regularly when I was a kid. Yeah. It would be on you know later in the evenings on Nickelodeon and 
despite being a 90s baby, uh, that really old show is kind of part of my childhood. So I kind of wanted to see it for that reason, but clearly not bad enough to actually see it. So <laughs> I, yeah, I haven't watched it. I'm open to it. It's an Amazon Prime original, so you're it's always going to be free to you if you have Amazon Prime. So I do. Check it out if you want to. I do have Amazon Prime. Oh, boy. Yeah, we've kind of covered everything from this year's Oscars that I really wanted to talk about. Any other yeah. like general Oscar thoughts? Um, no. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm That's about all, ready folks. to wrap it up. I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, this was this is more of a welcome home, Greg episode uh, than yeah. a Denny has meaningful things to say episode. So, thanks, man. Um, yeah, man, welcome back. You, it's it was timed you're you're the local oscars guy and you came back on oscars week so i'm really excited man and this was fun it was a lot of fun it feels really good to be back like i really was looking forward to it and like it's just with everything going on i don't i didn't really miss it at the time of course but now that i am back into like the normal thing of like it's just of life It, it is really like man i haven't done this in three weeks yeah and i was really feeling it so it was good to get back in the uh saddle here Um, i 100 percent agree it it just it feels normal again it's it's nice to be back to normal um i'm kind of looking through just 2021 movies and seeing if there's a if there's anything that we think got snubbed at Dylan Derryberry's suggestion before we take it home, um, I, th- I think a lot of people—well, not a lot of people—some someone did mention the Spider-Man, No Way Home. Dude, if you're gonna nominate Black Panther, like I don't know that I'd give No Way Home a, a Best Picture nom, but like I would dude, move, I, like like that person said, I would move Don't Look Up out of the way for that one. Sure, I 100%. fucking I fucking loved No Way Home. Um, and it, it's such a unique movie, you know, like it's doing cool things. Um, I'm surprised we got this far without talking about the pig snub. Was this a 21 movie or a that was a movie? 20, that was a 2021 pig was 2021. No way. I thought it got snubbed for last year's Oscar. Yeah. Pig oh, starring Nicolas Cage this... snub this year. I think I remember. Yeah. It came out in July. Fuck. What a joke. The Oscars um, suck. I take everything back that I said. Do <laughs> they give anything to Candyman? I, I don't think I would have given it. I don't, a, I don't think so. I might have given it like a, a best visuals or something like that. Like I don't think it's. I, I think it was a really solid movie, but like man, they they did some really cool aesthetic stuff in Candyman that I really liked. But you know, it's a horror movie, so no one was going to give it any sort of credit for anything. Yeah, production um, design was do nightmare alley power of the dog tragedy of macbeth and west side story visual effects was dune free guy okay i don't know about that i mean dune dune is gonna take those and it should but i would have given Candyman a nom i liked Candyman, and they they, like to me the best part of Candyman was the production design that's that's what was the best um yet to see it yeah visual effects is dune free guy no time to die shang chi and spider-man all right um fair enough i didn't see a lot of 2021 movies is what i'm realizing right now the Mm. ones i saw i'm like i i saw halloween kills and i'm an outlier who really liked it but i don't really think it deserves an award um people really liked malignant right i didn't see malignant but people liked it people were into that i didn't i didn't see it either no 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm looking through stuff that came out, and I'm like, ah, I didn't see most of it, and uh, there's very little that I wish that I saw. Ooh, I feel <laughs> like I feel like Encanto was properly represented here at the Oscars. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it yet. Like, I've heard it's good. It's really good, man. Uh, like, I feel like every time I mention it on the podcast, I get more and more positive on it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like up for some of the music ones, and then best uh, animated feature, which I think it should win. But cool, we'll see. Cool. I you just haven't... I just haven't wanted to cry, you know. <laughs> like that's why I haven't watched Encanto. Yeah, I just haven't I haven't felt like that's what I wanted media to make me do, and I know that it will. It's. Did you see Coco? Yeah, Coco rocks. I love that movie. Yeah, that was like a. I think that was more of a universal get ready to cry, and Encanto yeah. is like if this really speaks to you, definitely get ready to cry. And yeah, if, and if it didn't, then maybe you won't. But you still can appreciate the emotional impact that the story would have on somebody that would relate to it. Oh, absolutely! You don't have to like. I did. It's good. You don't have to experience everything yourself to empathize with it, right? Like, that's that's what art is. You can empathize with <laughs> what you're seeing to understand what you're supposed to be like understanding about it. Sometimes it helps you understand things you haven't experienced, and that's what's really cool, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, might create your empathy for real life humans who've experienced things that you haven't experienced, right? Imagine like, that. imagine yeah. that. Uh, no noms for jujitsu. What the fuck, what, dude? Uh, horseshit. Fuck the Oscars. Oh, that's a tw that's a 2020 movie. Uh, Point well... still stands for last year, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, man, I'm just I'm just realizing how few movies I saw. I'm like, ah, I saw Mortal Kombat and Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like... like I'm looking at everything I saw, and I'm just like. Yeah, I wouldn't have nominated Matrix Resurrections for anything either. Uh, <laughs> so good, maybe we agree call. that, uh, you know, as far as the nominations go, pretty fair across the board this year. It, with yeah. a, with, with a few the, notable exceptions. but With uh, a few very notable exceptions. I, I would have given Pig something, and I don't even think Pig is one of the best movies ever, uh, but it is really fucking powerful. It, it's got... It's it's got a few dude i think about i think about the closing moments in the closing song of pig like seriously like almost every day you know like mm. uh, it, i walked away with something from that first of all just about like accepting and truly grieving loss um but man anytime i like wonder what i should be doing or wonder if i'm like investing my time properly i literally hear nicholas cage saying in my head we don't get a lot of things to really care about, you know, like that. Mm -hmm. it's something that really stuck with me. And I was like, dude, if you think about the like millions upon millions of things in the world, I only like really truly care about like 15 to 20 of them, <laughs> yeah. you know, like we should, we should really show reverence for what we care about. You know, like we just don't get a lot of things that, really means something to us to to fight for to get us through life you know like it's i i love that movie man pig is great pig pig got snubbed i'll say it pig got snubbed snort snort <laughs> they were they were looking for truffles but they found trouble uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a log line where was this <laughs> seven months ago <laughs> 
All right, Greg, you want to wrap this up and start talking about next week? Um, yeah, sure. Any, any, well, I guess you didn't see a lot of the movies. I was going to ask if you had any, like, predictions about who's going to win shit. Oh, um, dude, my just, predictions. Just trust me, it's probably Power of the Dog, and then I won't be cool. surprised when Don't Look Up wins fucking everything, because that's how this dumb shit works. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you could just draw my predictions out of a hat, and that would be just about as valid as whatever I would say. Throw, so. <laughs> throw darts at a board, and I could see, like, yeah, that could work. Yep. <laughs> I, could see that. I could see that happening. All right, man. So next week, we're doing a very special episode of Movies for When. Oh, man. H- have you made your selection for it yet? I have. I have made my selection for next week. Okay. Um, all right. Next week, we're doing... Movies for when it's WrestleMania because WrestleMania is in Dallas, Texas next weekend. And I am taking two days off work to go to wrestling shows. I'm going to go to wrestling shows on the weekend. And then I'm taking another day off work to recover from the, all the wrestling I watched. <laughs> like nice. It's, it's going to be Lord. awesome. I'm really excited. <laughs> um, I wasn't even excited for WrestleMania uh, until uh, I had a cool experience where I was like, ah, I'm actually kind of not impressed with the, with the WrestleMania card this year. So I'm going to spend the money I would have spent on WrestleMania tickets to go to a bunch of really cool independent wrestling shows in town. And uh, my brother's girlfriend works for a sports marketing company in Dallas. And then on top of all the tickets I bought myself for much cheaper, um, she got us free tickets to both nights of WrestleMania. Oh my God. What? I'm, I'm about to have a hell of a fucking weekend. And I wasn't very excited for WrestleMania when I was like, ah, do I really want to pay $600 for me and Vanessa to have two nights of mediocre seats for a mediocre show? But now that I'm going for free, I'm really fucking excited. (laughs) Like, it's it's going to be great. So, um, Greg, you have chosen your pick, and are you seriously not going to pick the wrestler out after all this time? Um... Well, I should say the movies we're selecting are movies about pro wrestling or movies that star a pro wrestler that isn't The Rock, right? Yeah, we said The Rock doesn't count because honestly, like, let's be honest. He's He's a movie star now. He's a movie star, not a pro wrestler. He used to be a pro wrestler. That's his origins. The man is much more well-known for being a movie star. Yeah. They movie star now? They movie star now. (laughs) That joke won't fly. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't even get the joke. I don't know what you're talking about. It's not a joke. It's a Star Wars thing. We don't do Star Wars. We All don't right. do Star um, Wars. Should I thought you were going to pick the wrestler. I thought I'd convince you to pick the wrestler. I told you. I'm, I want to sacrifice my pick to the audience. I'll control the poll options, okay. but I'm going to let the audience vote. Let's put the wrestler four times and you got a winner. Um you you give your pick and I'll I'll I sacrificed my pick. I sacrificed. Oh, you my sacrificed pick. your pick. No, the no, we're gonna let a uh, special guest who we have yet to announce, uh, also tentatively scheduled, but he literally requested this when we started the podcast, and I told him, hell yeah, um, Adam Karazuba, friend of the show, Ooh. one of two people who signed on for our live Halloween stream, um, definitely supportive of the show. 
Um, massive wrestling fan and once quoted my wrestling trainer to me in a job interview that he was conducting. Um, and <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> Adam's the fucking man. Um, if, if the schedule works out, uh, he, he is going to join us. Uh, we're hoping he will. If not, we're gonna, we're still going to watch the movie that he chose, which I'm really glad, um, he chose You Cannot Kill David Arquette, which people need to know about this movie. Um, I, I highly recommend it. I love it. I can't wait to watch it again. I can't wait to talk about it next week. Greg, what is your pick? This is where I'm torn, man. I want to watch the 1990 sci-fi movie starring Jesse Ventura called Abraxas. I own it. It's a wild ride. But I also really want to see The Wrestler. This I'll is, say this. This is hard. Because whichever one I pick, the other one's going on the pole. Right, right. For sure. What What were you going to say? I was going to say, if we put The Wrestler on the pole, I think The Wrestler will win the pole. Okay. It's like kind of like not doing a pole, you know? But I will put other wrestling centric movies or movies starring wrestlers such that are very much like Abraxas on the pole. Okay. Pick whatever you want, but I think like if we put the wrestler on there, it's like there's kind of not a point in having the pole. But I also made a point earlier today. I texted you and I was like, dude, I could see us doing the wrestler for, for other episodes, but I couldn't see us doing Abraxas, you know, like um and that's that's that was kind of my gut instinct was to do a braxis i'm gonna stick with the braxis so should we put the wrestler on the pole or save it for later is you cannot kill david arcade is that like specifically about wrestling or is it one that stars a wrestler it's a documentary about david arquette's wrestling career that you don't know about okay i feel like i've heard of this like i've read like a half of trivia facts somewhere or something like that so former wcw world champion david arquette let yeah, that sink very in. brief right yes um, so i'm gonna stick with abraxas to have a movie that is starring a wrestler we'll have a documentary about wrestling let's save the wrestler for another episode and then have like a healthy mix of kind of the two things of about wrestling or with a wrestling star hell yeah because I All really right. want to watch Santa with muscles. So. <laughs> We're not. Uh, that's not going on the fucking pole. I'm not God watching a right. goddamn Christmas movie. Um, I do want to see Santa with muscles and Santa Slay starring uh, Jewish pro wrestler Bill Goldberg as evil Santa in a slasher. Yeah, I want to see that. And I'm going to pitch it in the Christmas season. Um, so... All right, we'll save the wrestler for later. Not to snub it, but to say like, hey... I could think of a million themes that have nothing to do with pro wrestling for the wrestler. Like I really could. Um, It's, it's, it's not a movie that requires a love of wrestling to watch and to love. And yet it is probably as far as like narratives go, uh, probably the most true to pro wrestling there's ever been ever. Um, So, all right, we'll get poll options, but we know for sure we're doing a Braxis guardian of the universe and you cannot kill David Arquette, possibly with friend of the show, Adam Karazuba. Really looking forward to that one, man. 
Um, Greg, what's the best movie for when uh, when it's the Oscars? Fucking Power of the Dog. What are we talking about? I'm going to go with Nightmare Alley. All right. And I think it's going to win. That's my prediction. Nightmare Alley, best picture. All right. Okay. I, I, again, it could, it could happen. If it does happen, I won't be all that surprised. I won't either because I predicted it. That's right. <laughs> He's a smart guy, that Denny. He's a very good Denny boy, actually, is what I should you're, say. You're a very good Greg boy. All right. You want to hit me with a very good catchphrase? Oh, yeah, brother, brother, here it comes. For Greg work, the leg work Johnson. I'm Denny the Talent Taylor, and this has been Opens Envelope, the We're Watching Podcast. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. It's the wrong envelope. This has been... They handed me the wrong card. I do apologize. (laughs) I read the card wrong. Remember that Steve Harvey thing? sure yeah it was steve harvey you're right um this has been movies for when we already told you when but you know what we didn't tell you what's my cage again hit the new outro i'm a policeman see my badge
Let's get it.